0: for you. Mary!
1: Mary! Mary! Well, hello, Mr. Bank Examiner. Are... Mr. Bailey, there's a
2: deficit.
1: I know, $8,000. Oh, I've
2: uh, got a little paper. I'll get
3: us a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. Mary Christmas, reporters are... Where's Mary? Just a
2: minute, just a minute. Quiet, everybody. Quiet,
4: quiet. Now, get this. It's from London.
2: Oh, Mr. Gower
4: Cable, you need cash? Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to
2: $25,000. Stop.
4: Hee-haw oh. and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. <laughs>
1: I found a place for the Christmas I stood outside and just parked the floor
0: You're drinking down your wine. Father Christmas, give us the money. We got no time for your silly toys. Father Christmas, please hand it over. We'll beat you up, so it'll make you-
5: Hello, this is the live voice of the Rick Emerson radio program speaking to you now electronically. Good day to you. It is uh, Monday, and welcome to the worst day you've ever had. It's uh, 503-733-2970, 503-733-2970. It is, uh, I don't know, about uh, 11 minutes after 11, give or take. In this, the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2008, thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live From the plushly appointed and largely abandoned studios of AM 970, the Talker.
1: Not us though.
5: We're here because it's what we do. Play through the pain. We give 110 percent. We play the game we know we need to play. We do the work we know we need to do. Us and uh, and Adam and uh, Matt.
6: Adam's been here for the past three days.
5: Adam hasn't hasn't left since six o'clock Saturday morning. Bam.
1: Oh. Yeah. Really?
5: I was so. So he's technically left. He just hasn't been home. Yeah. All right.
6: Well, come on. It's for couch.
5: Oh, that's that's That's, sex that's worse. That's worse <laughs> than being here.
6: You know, they're probably like sex toys hidden in the cushions. And everything. Uh, yeah. He wouldn't
2: go in my shower. So.
6: Go figure.
5: All right. Your shower is the only place where you come out dirtier than when you went in. Bottoming. Bottom wow. In. <laughs> there you go. You know, even on a snow day, the wit flows forth like the river Ganges. All right, it is five zero three seven three three two nine seven. If you're calling, uh, you're probably just on hold right now because Richie Bristol, who is our intrepid PA, is actually in the studio with us. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> all right, so we will be getting uh, your calls on this uh, Monday, which is what the twenty second. Is that what today is? Sure. That was today, twenty second. All right. Time is just sort of warped into one big, just whiteout uh, blur for I think all of us. But we are here. We are live. It is Monday. Uh, and uh, we are broadcasting to you from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's 503 733 2970. 503 With the comments, questions, cursings of God Almighty for the snowy fortune he has given you this weekend. Or, you know, uh, whatever. 503 733 2970. Requests, ponderings. Recipes, drink suggestions. It is uh, and I think you still got a whole bottle of vodka here, don't you? Do you?
6: No, that was gone by Friday night.
5: Good for you. Well oh, my done. Sister,
6: I did end up going to pick up. Well, I'll let you finish it, and then I'll tell you. I'm so
5: glad you take your persona home with you. It makes it so much less confusing. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, we've also got uh, we've some other folks in the building that we're going to talk to in a bit. I have that Johnny Walker blue upstairs, though, that I keep sealed. You know, for just such an emergency. We probably won't open it today, but I'm saying it's always there. You know that Johnny... Darren
6: w- Richie can help you out this with that. Up,
5: like, I'm just... just you refer to yourself in the third person? No, I
6: was just talking about when you were talking about the whiskey. Ah. Um, because we were talking about maybe having hot toddies.
5: The, uh, that Johnny Walker blue that is on my desk, which I stole from Scotty, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I took it. It belonged to him. Now it's mine because I took it and kept it for myself. So that was my last abuse of authority when he worked here. I just took it from him, and it told me couldn't have it back. Got so... Who? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's upstairs on my desk, and it's kind of like that thing they used to sell in the 70s that was the novelty cigarette inside the sealed glass test tube. And it was, you know, it was like one cigarette, one match, sealed inside a glass. And you had to break in case of, you know, whatever. And so if you're trying to quit smoking, you get somebody this gag gift that was this sealed-up cigarette. That's how that Johnny Walker Blue is. It just sits there next to the Cobra whiskey, which really would be the booze of last resort, I think, even on a day like this. I mean, really, I think it would have to be like a live where we were eating a soccer team before we started busting in the uh, Cobra whiskey. But we'll see. And by the way, that reference about eating a soccer team, that was, in fact, directed at you, Chris Paddock. So, remember, you start with the ass. It's 503-733... No, it's true. It's 503 You can also uh, email, if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.AM. Richie with a T nine seventy dot a.m. and we'll do a little bit of a uh, we'll do a little bit of a CBS radio roll call here in a bit and see who else is in the building that deserves our praises. And then we will uh and then we will hail them. Uh, it's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy coming up today. The news doesn't stop. Entertainment doesn't cease because the people are still there uh, needing amusement. So we are here. Uh, coming up today, CNR Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Steve Castabaum, Jim Roop, Amanda Moyer. I'm not going to pretend you care about whatever they're talking about because you don't. So it's, uh, it's really just so we can offer the familiarity and comfort of structure. So coming up today, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castabaum, Jim Roop, Amanda Moyer, <clears throat> some of your Christmas favorites. We will continue to play. It's like with Joy of Christmas. We do that through the end of the year. We'll do that until, uh, you know, until we come back after the turn of the year. But um, but we'll start to wrap it up. I mean, we really, this is our, really one of our last chances today. Because Sarah's going to be gone tomorrow. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> I swallowed a thing. Um, I will be uh, partially gone the next couple of days. I'll probably be here in the office, but we'll be doing some best-ups, and I'll be kind of lurking around. I mean, I guess it depends on what happens. But, um... So we're going to try to get through our Joy of Christmas segments today, uh, some of our uh, holiday musical selections that we roll out every year, uh, and all that. So if you're on hold, hang on. We'll get your calls here in a second. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented and devoted Sarah X. Dillon. How are you today?
6: I am well. I want to thank Andy for giving me a ride. It took 45 Andy? minutes to get here. 45. And it was frustrating. and People were going slow. and We got stuck like you four ride? times. Yeah. 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 He drove me here.
5: Is that like four-wheel drive? Do you have chains?
6: He has chains, but he lost one. So we basically had His one chain. chain. <laughs> so we had one chain.
5: Chain are required to drive this road.
6: And we're like passing, you know, and we're trying to like get momentum as we're, you know, heading to work. And and we just kept getting stuck behind these cars that were like SUVs with four-wheel drive with chains going five miles an hour. Yes. And it's like you can't get any momentum when you're going no,
5: that slow. No, no. And it's, um, it, it's always a little, you know, it's kind of a thing. <clears throat> it's kind of a thing, too, where you always get stuck behind the guy who just bought uh, an SUV for about 80 grand and thinks that it makes him impervious. You know what I mean? Yeah. That guy, no, 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 I got an SUV, I can get anywhere. And that's always the jackhole that is in the road in front of you that is then gumming up the works for everybody because he doesn't know how to drive. Mm. So, and I don't mean like I'm Johnny like Hardcase or whatever. I didn't drive today. Actually, the no, bus, it was nuts. But and,
6: like all the buses, I've seen. I've never seen more abandoned cars and buses in my entire life. Like a like stand. There are two stuck right out in front of the building. Yes. Right now, and then we just we got restuck um, as we were trying to turn around, so to get out, and, and we were like getting out and pushing. if yes,
5: I walked by those buses uh, as I was walking uh, like 10 blocks to get here from however first in Arthur, whatever that is. I can never tell what a block is because it varies from... I guess there's got to be a, a, me- a unit of measurement that is an actual block, but I guess maybe not. I think when you talk about walking five blocks, I, th- I think that's a colloquialism based upon the area of town you're in and exactly how big the actual block is, which is like a block in the suburbs is not like a block downtown. Anyway, but so I took the bus this morning I just kind of uh, kerfuffle with my wife this morning about whether or not I should try to drive. And because I was I was making the point that, it's like the Blues Brothers say, if I could just get back on the expressway, I was making the point this morning that if I could just get on to 39th, I'd probably be okay. 39th to Powell, you know, slow, Even the main steady. streets,
6: though, are <clears> just a mess.
5: <clears throat> and, well, she was like, and she's like, baby, just take the bus. And I'm like, I, I suppose, but I I think it'll be okay. You know, and it's that dumb guy thing of like, I don't want to rely on somebody else. I'm an American. Uh, And so, you know, we were were having this kind of a low-grade fight this morning about whether I should drive, which was a bad idea because she's been at work. My wife went to work Saturday evening at 6, and she got home about two hours ago. So she she had been at work, but she got home around 9.30 this morning. She'd been there since Saturday night because nobody else could make it in. And so it was one wave of people after another, like, I can't make it in. You'll all have to stay. So... So because, you know, she's, uh, you know, because she has, uh, you know, because she has motivation and, you know, whatever. She's a good person. Also, because she couldn't leave. So, you know, whatever. She just stayed and, you know, she worked. So she just got home. So so not unlike Adam, and she was a little cranky. And I was like, come on, I can drive. And she was fine. Finally, she just said, she was like, okay, fine, die. You know, whatever. Um, it ended up being a non-issue because, no, whether I could have driven or not, the ice on my windshield was so thick that there was no... There was no scraping that ice off, especially because if you were listening last week, you heard me talking about how the other day I was in traffic and I was trying to adjust the hot to cold airflow mm-hmm. in my Toyota, and the, 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 the lever snapped off in my hand. So now, when I run my when I run my uh, you know whatever my defroster in my car, it, I can't turn the airflow all the way to hot. It's stuck halfway between hot. So the best I can do in my car is to get a tepid, warm airflow on my windshield. And even that that's only after running the car for an hour. So the ice was so thick this morning. Here's a call. Let's go around the room, and then, well, I swear to God, we'll get some calls here in a second. Because we've got nowhere to be. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> let's that's go around hour. the room here. When you don't have an ice scraper, what is your ice scraping implement of choice? Tim Riley, I was talking to him this weekend, he said compact disc case. Sarah? Yep,
6: that's what I use. And then I also, because um, I haven't had to deal with a lot of ice this winter, it's just been snow. I have one of those, um, like, sleeves from a coffee cup. Yeah. So I've been using that.
5: Like a Starbucks sleeve? Mm-hmm. That works to scrape ice? That's no, not
6: ice, not ice, no. just oh, snow. No. I haven't oh. had to scrape ice. But what I use is that de-icer spray.
5: See, and I don't have any of that, and I've oh, probably sold out everywhere.
6: It day. is magical. It's yeah. like $3, and it lasts the entire winter, and it just melts it in a second. Somebody
5: told me you can use Windex for that. Which I had to try. I don't I, know. I've never used I that. would have tried driving this morning if I could have gotten the ice off my windshield. No, I think Richie?
6: the de-icing stuff is, is even cheaper than Windex. Really? It, I just it,
5: wonder if it's going to be gone, though.
6: No, it's unreal how cheap it is and how efficient it is.
5: Richie Bristol, what do you scrape ice with? Uh, don't do this
7: at home, kids, but use, I use my uh, license plate. <laughs> <laughs> I took my license plate. Now all my windows are scratched. Uh, <laughs> That's hard to do. I just you. noticed this morning because I've been scraping ice off with my license Why plate. Why did it not occur Why to you Why did you take a, off
8: your license using plate? Using a piece
7: Why? of metal... It's 12 inches... Wide. And so I could do, like, one big scoop. Like
5: like the penguin? You yeah. could do 12 inches as you're fighting Batman?
7: Yeah. But now all around, yeah, all the way around, I got scratched, on my windows, and I'm like, great. That's
5: I know that we're all here on a snow day, and nerves are frayed, so I don't mean to be mean, but that's stupid. That's yeah, just I, dumb. I figured that out. Yeah, don't do these <laughs> things. Really, honestly, kids, don't do that. That's retarded. I hate to put so fine a point on it. But that's, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Uh, I use a cassette case. I was rummaging around on a Saturday, and I looked in the glove box, and I found a a case from a cassette tape, which has been, that's held me in good stead. This morning, though, it just crumbled into shards in my hand. I tried that on the ice this morning, and it just, and I finally was like, fine, F it, I'll take the bus. What tape is it? Uh, I don't know. It was just an empty cassette. It was like a a clear one. But um, I told my wife, I'm like, screw it, I'll take the bus. I can't get the ice off. So it was sort of this weird... Like, we agreed to disagree, because I'm still going to insist that I could have made it to work. Because now I could have the whole like, Baby, I could have driven. And as you know, the ice on the windshield. I, uh, you know, no, I couldn't, couldn't help that, but I, I could have made it. So I took the bus, which, thank God, the buses were coming, like, every five minutes. I didn't have to. I was so afraid I was going to have to wait. But the buses were coming really? every five minutes. had yeah, just, like, clockwork. Uh, and they were empty. Because you've got to figure everybody's taking the bus, but no one's taking the bus because no one's going anywhere.
6: Well, every bus <clears> I saw <throat> was empty today. Either it was moving or it was empty because it was abandoned on the side of the road.
5: And, uh, yeah, so then they drop me off at Seven Eleven, and I'm like, you know, I'm like trudging along. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the station just seems like this tiny little pinpoint on the horizon. So, <laughs> In any event, we're here. Let's take some phone calls. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It's Monday. We're here. We're live. Hello. Who might this be?
3: Hello. This is Jesse. How are you all? Hello, sir. Hi. I, first, I'd like to say thank God for you, Rick Emerson, Sarah Dillon, Richie you Thank
5: God for you, sir.
3: No, sir. Thank God for oh, you okay. and you all. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, two things. Uh, so one, I'm one of the people that is uh, home from work today because my car is buried in, what, 18 inches of snow and ice? Good for you. Yeah. And I also have a recipe for hot buttered rum, if you'd like it.
5: Who wants to take a recipe mm. for hot buttered rum, Ricky? All All right. All one. right. We're, we're taking good. a dictation now, sir. Very good. It's very easy.
3: One pound of butter. <laughs> Wow. And yeah. It, uh, Rick, it gets worse. One pound of powdered sugar.
5: Richie, you writing this down? Uh-huh. A pound can't of butter. Use, what are, Can we use, uh... <clears throat> you can't use margarine. No, okay, makes...
3: just, uh, okay, stop listening. One pound of regular, real butter.
5: There you go, Richie. Don't not... screw it up. Yeah, don't, <laughs> your diet, this is, Richie, this is not a day to diet. No. This is no, a day to live it. Uh, so. All right, so. Uh, okay, so all right.
3: We've, okay, so we have one pound of butter, uh, one pound of powdered sugar. One pound of brown sugar. Okay. uh, Two teaspoons of cinnamon. Uh huh. One teaspoon of nutmeg.
5: I like what I'm hearing.
3: And one quart of high priced vanilla ice cream.
5: All right. One quart high priced vanilla. What brand would you recommend, sir?
3: Um, oh, you know, whatever, uh, Tillamook, Ben & Jerry's. I can never
5: tell, you know, this is, here's the thing, I can never tell what's high quality ice cream and what's not. I'm so easily fooled by names that sound high quality.
3: It it probably doesn't matter, you know, it's just, it's just what I wrote down. Um, you can probably use some, like, Luzerne stuff from Safeway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, you soften the butter, you mix it all together, you know, you soften the ice cream. Yes. That's the batter for the hot buttered rum.
9: Batter, Uh uh-huh.
3: It will, batter, uh, yes, it will keep for weeks and weeks. So a tablespoon of that in a mug, you dump in boil it, uh tablespoon of that in a mug, you fill your mug, oh yeah, third halfway with rum uh, and then the other half is filled with boiling water and
5: you're done you stir it there you go richie well there I wonder if the the liquor store across the street's got to be closed probably. That's unfortunate. Well, oh,
3: probably not.
5: We should check it out. We should see if somebody can go over to the flat pantry in the liquor store, and we should make this uh, next hour, perhaps.
3: Dude, dude it is fantastic. Well, I mean, Would you like to go over the recipe again just to make sure you have it? Richie, it. Richie's and yeah. got it all.
5: And I can tell you that Adam Thompson, who has been here since Saturday, is clearly not going in. He's got to be on the air <laughs> again at 3 at KUFO, so he's not leaving. So he might actually just live on this. Uh, That's awesome. All right, excellent. That's thank awesome, you, sir.
3: Yes, outstanding. Have a good day, guys.
5: All right, thank you. Stay warm, thank you. All right. Uh Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
3: Hey Rick,
10: Sarah, Richie, everybody else that are in the, oh. the probably warm studios of AM nine seventy. They
5: are actually they're warm and dry down here.
10: Now, I want to thank you for being uh, you know the only live local radio personality on the air in Portland today.
5: Well, it's because of the Rick Emerson Show cares, sir.
10: I want to you know I want to give uh, just you know give uh, Adam some love because you know it's because of radio people like him that uh, makes radio so great.
5: Well, thank just you. Work,
10: working his ass off.
5: Yes, no, it's true. He, and he's working on I think three different stations this weekend. So he's uh, yeah, he really has he's brought his A game as they say. Workaholic. All right. Uh, I don't think I got anything else. All right. My friend. All right. Stay warm, stay dry. Thank you for listening. Best show ever. All right. There you go. Uh, all got right. To we can take a break. If you're on hold, and I know you are, stay there. We'll get more calls uh, around the corner. Uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up and more. Stay there. It is Monday. We're live on this uh, snowbound, snow trapped uh, Portland day. Stay there. The Rick Emerson show continues next. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Is it filled with icy white death where you are? Uh, 503 733 we are here, we are live, it is Monday the 22nd, and uh, we did, and uh, we'll get Lisa in like five seconds, but I will say we, we were sort of unclear about whether our, uh, you know, about whether today we were going to be joined by, uh, you know, we've been doing this thing of laid off Portland media professionals filling in for the laid off Tim Riley, we were kind of unsure about whether that was going to happen today, and I'm happy to report, he's in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill... CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you today?
11: Hey, I am good. How are you?
5: We are, uh, well, we're devoted, is how we are. There's just no getting around it.
11: You are dedicated servants of broadcasting?
5: Of the people. Of Lisa. the people. Uh, you know, we, uh, it's what we do. The, I, it, what is the, I mean, is it, Drudge was running one of his, it's so difficult to get any sense of uh, certain stories from Drudge because everything is the worst thing that's ever happened, you know, for that guy. And, that's where I kind of got that hellstorm '08 thing I've been saying, because every that's a thing that Drudge loves to say about hurricanes or anything tropical. For some reason, it's never a hellstorm when it's winter, but in Drudge's world, any sort of bad summer weather hellstorm hits Jamaica. And but it, but it's so difficult to get any sense of the reality because I think the scare headline on Drudge today, because he is very much the sort of Walter Winchell type guy, was. You know, it was a, the nation paralyzed. You know, the, the winter, the, the icy wind, uh, grip of winter death grips nation, coast to coast. Right. But is that true? I mean, what's it? Does it suck? Does it suck <laughs> out where you are, or
11: of winter? It was 18 degrees here. It's pretty cold, but you know, we're okay. I do have uh, relatives in the other Portland, Maine, uh, who are snowed in, who literally could not get out of their house. Uh, this morning, and a neighbor actually had to come and sho- came and shoveled them out. realize there was a big snowdrift up against both of their doors, and they c- they couldn't get out of the house. So they, right. they did get shoveled. I'm going to say yeah. this,
5: by the way. I don't mean to disparage anybody who's living in Maine or uh, you know our uh, no. like you do. I'm just saying our uh, news director emeritus Tim Riley. I was talking to him this weekend, and his sister is in New Hampshire where they've been without power for. Uh,
11: how about that?
5: As of Saturday, Tim's sister had been without power for three days uh no power none zero couldn't even flush the toilet the fire fire trucks the fire department was actually going house to house with big uh bottles of water so huh? you could that were there so you could flush your toilet wow uh because it was everything was screwed that being said i have less sympathy for somebody in portland maine who snowed in because you've had like You know, you've had since, whatever, 1752 or something to get used to that. So, I mean, really, I mean, those places were were settled first. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that was the East Coast is the very first place that the, you know, the pilgrims and settlers and whatever uh, the Englanders came to. So, I mean, really, you've had hundreds and hundreds of years to get your act together. And this happens every year. Right. Or Or, or move. And it's, you know, whereas in, in Portland, Oregon. You know, it gets cold you know, in winter, but this sort of thing typically doesn't happen here, so we can't really be expected to, uh, you know, we can't be expected to really deal with it. If you're in Portland, Maine, you've had like eight months where you knew this was coming. This yeah. is your own, this, this right. your, own it's your own, fault if you don't have food.
11: Uh, and <laughs> well, therefore. in a very strange upside to this freezing weather, very strange, I don't even know if I should bring this up, uh, the other day, I can't explain it, I got into my car and... For somehow Jason swears this wasn't him someone had poured water into my cup holders like some strange it was it was hilarious wait in your car yeah in my car someone had just opened my car door and and i've got you know in the center by the emergency break, i've got uh those two you know molded cup holders that are part of uh you know the car there like they're not right. really cool, they just right. there and and someone had Poured water. There wasn't a drop of water anywhere else in my car, and those were almost full.
5: Well, that's kind of funny, actually.
11: Isn't that hilarious? And so I kind of kept it around because every time I looked at it, it just cracked me up.
5: That's a weird, sort of amusing kind of vandalism, isn't
11: it? Great. And so, but you know, I kind of haven't wanted to deal with getting it out because I can't. It's very. It's the cup holders are shaped so that it's hard to like scoop out that water. They right. can't really get it. Right. So now, happily, overnight, uh, the water froze, and I can uh, just kind of. uh you, you know,
5: pull them right out. out yeah, yeah. I should say this. Oh, you know, here's the thing. Um, I'm a terrible person. Um, this is a total side note. It has nothing to do with with you or anything. We got, I, I keep forgetting to bring this down from my office. We got on Thursday, I think it was delivered earlier, but I think Dave Zinn has been gone. He's sort of the guy who runs this whole joint at the front desk. And without him, things get stuck in the corner and they don't get delivered properly. And so on Thursday, we got a package delivered to the show that sat up there You know, until somebody finally realized it, like it had my name on it, and they gave it to me. Somebody, uh, a listener named Ken, and so Ken, uh, I am thanking you now. I will send you an email, but thank you. He sent us all some Christmas presents. And the Christmas gift that he got, I shouldn't give it away, but the Christmas gift he got, Richie, are these molds that let you make shot glasses out of ice. So you can have an ice shot glass, which is fantastic. So that's what you just reminded me of there. Uh, You got something similar, Sarah. Very cool. And then I got a plush zombie uh, doll with entrails that uh, that come out. So anyway, uh, you know, because it's you know celebrating the birth of Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I guess there's actual news happening. I mean, elsewhere here, the only news is that it's cold and we're all doomed. But uh, I'm I'm going to read this off the prep sheet today only because it has one of my favorite suffixes, which is mania. It oh, actually...
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I, I like it too. I did it on purpose. Yeah. You,
5: you should start working in like an orama. Uh, or perhaps a, uh, like Pano or Spectra or, you know, right, right. so it says Obama job mania. I don't know what that means.
11: Obama job mania. Everybody wants a job in the Obama administration.
5: And, uh, are you one of those people?
11: I am not. I'm very happy in my job. You know, I understand why other people would want a job working for the president of the United States, but, um, it's, but there's a lot of competition and, uh, As it may indicate on the prep sheet, uh, I talked to one of the Obama transition guys last week, and and he told me I couldn't believe it that they have received upwards of three hundred thousand people interested in Obama jobs. And he, Obama, controls about eight thousand presidentially appointed jobs. Right. So, uh, some pretty stiff competition. And you know, you figure—I mean, that's a massive database that now the hiring folks on Team Obama have to go through. So, I would say this
5: I mean, also, well, first of all, uh, i got three things to say about this. One, this is sort of very much a hanging out at the cool kids table kind of a thing. You know, Obama, like uh, working, which here's a little analogy I'm going to make right now. You can feel free to use this wherever you want. Working for the Obama uh, campaign and now working for the Obama administration is going to be like working at the Apple store. You know, it's <laughs> one of those things just makes you a little bit cooler than everybody else. And I'm saying right now you could get chicks with that. I think if you're oh, a, you
11: totally get, especially in Washington, yeah.
5: If, if you're a dude who works at the Apple store, uh you can totally pull women with Maybe. that. Yeah, oh no, with, I mean a certain kind of woman. Okay. You know, uh but I mean you could have you could totally get a certain kind of sort of like crunchy kind of really pasty uh, kind of liberal arts girl. <sighs>
11: Also, kind of some hipsters,
5: some like cute, oh, oh, absolutely. cute, like
11: a little bit of the punk crowd.
5: No, if you, uh, I mean, if you, st- if you look like you just stepped right out of a like a like an Abercrombie ad, you can probably, uh, you know, you can, you know, that's, a, you'll be attracted to somebody who works at the Apple Store. But the Obama campaign is the Apple Store of, you know, of of politics, uh, and so it is with his administration. Also, this. Everybody is so terrified of their jobs, you know, losing their jobs. Everybody's so tired, uh, you know, tired of hearing about unemployment. And they're just freaked out, thinking they're going to get fired. You got to figure that almost by definition, if you get a job with the Obama, uh, uh, you know, administration, they're not going to fire you because they're so bent on keeping, a, you know, a, a positive image and trying to make everything work with the economy and with the employment situation. So you got to figure. Well, look, I mean, they can't. You know what? It's like working at the. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's like if you work at the food bank, you're probably always going to have lunch. <laughs> you know, because they got to keep up appearances. The food bank can't not feed people. So if you figure, if you get a job with the Obama campaign, that's like a job you know, for life, probably.
11: I don't see. I don't see it that way. I mean, I think we don't know yet what kind of uh, how they're going to run the ship. I think in general, um, political appointees kind of have some pretty good stay in power, unless they you know unless they pull a brownie, you know, and then they're then they're gone.
5: Pull a brownie.
11: Well, you know, like a FEMA's former director. Ah, okay. Brown, and... but I think that um. I, I would not surprise me if the Obama administration early on wants to make some examples of people doing a bad job in government and saying, "Yep, you're gone." You know what I mean? He seems very uh, is very keen on. I guess if we don't pull your
5: weight, he's probably you're going to get yeah. the, you're going to get whacked.
11: And make and making a very um, like kind of sending a message from the top kind yeah. of idea. Well, yeah, you know who knows when they get in office, but I, I have a feeling that I don't know. I, I'm not sure they would all be completely so. Uh, secure.
5: Um, Let's see, before we wrap this up, anything... uh, So uh, Sarah's going to be gone uh, the rest of the week. I'll be sort of sporadically here, but we may or may not uh, speak. Probably, I'm guessing, probably sources point to no. Um, So, uh, but I'll be back.
11: You have to use that (laughs) one. That's like the ultimate kind of buried, you know, really sketchy uh, um, level of... uh, um reliability there sources point to
5: know well all like you know it's all magic eight balls inside my head so. uh so <laughs> okay. we will but uh, we will all be back in full force next monday at the very latest so okay. Okay. um so if we do not speak uh merry christmas happy holidays to you yes. and to jason and to uh, and to all y'all as they hey, say
11: and back at you guys
5: all right thank you lisa hey thanks guys all right bye now all right there you go lisa desjardins ladies and gentlemen all right uh, amanda moyer will be joining us in just one moment uh, later on, in fact, uh, here after Amanda, we will uh, we will unveil today's uh, fill-in news person. Today's laid-off Portland media professional who will be joining us and giving the news to you uh, flawlessly. Why is that on hold? All right, I'm going to put that on hold and see what happens. Let's see if we can pick up this line without crashing everything. I'm going to press the button now. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> This will all be so anticlimactic if she's not there. From the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, Amanda Moyer.
0: Hi.
5: Hey, there you are. Fantastic. Hi, Amanda. How are you today?
12: I'm I'm good. It sounds like you guys have a lot of snow, though.
5: Yeah, it's uh, it really is uh, it really is kind of the biggest thing. I I have to say that working in in talk radio for a long time. You will hear two schools of thought. One is something a consultant told me uh, one time, which is sort of on this conference call we were talking about, you know, how to, to, whatever, how to, how to, how to gain market share and relate to your audience in a local environment in an ever fractionalized talk radio industry. And he would have these conference calls, and then they would be buttressed with these kind of pre-recorded sort of observations and suggestions where you could call this guy's phone number this consultant's phone number and he would have a list of things that he thought you ought to talk about that day to sort of really relate to your audience and I remember calling this guy's voicemail one time because I was sort of he worked for the station and I was sort of like obligated to to kind of pretend to listen to his advice so anyway I called this this consultant's voicemail one day and he he actually says What you should do is talk about the weather. People love talking about weather. And so I sort of filed that away and didn't quite know what to make of it. It was a long time ago. And then a few years later, I had a separate consultant who offered kind of the same service. And I remember calling that guy, and he actually said, you should never talk about the weather. People don't really like talking about the weather. And so I was really unclear about how to proceed. I will say, all of that as a preamble, uh, today, people are talking about the weather, Amanda. So it is kind of the biggest, uh, it is the biggest story here. Anyway. Hey.
12: It seems like it's a lot of snow all over the country, but I'm jealous because I'm in Atlanta and there's no snow here. Oh yeah,
5: no, I'm yeah, cry me a river, sister. Yeah, I'm You know what? I'll try to pack a plane full of slush and send it your way so you can try to experience a little bit of the Portland magic today. Uh, so you, well, just so everybody knows, what is the uh, what is the weather like in Atlanta? Just so we can all be uh, even more bitterly envious.
12: No, it's sunny in I'd say in the 40s probably today. Yes. Well, but last week it was 74 here.
5: Well, I'm sure you'll make it through somehow. I mean, I <laughs> deep, reach deep down inside and try to find the motivation to go on. Um, the, but speaking of uh, stories and motivation going on, so it, you know the news obviously, as we were saying earlier, doesn't really stop, and neither does the entertainment g- created by our friend Rod Blagojevich, who is just—he is just so great. It, it almost is like you kind of expect him to be hitting somebody in the knee and then running home to Tanya Harding's house. When you take a good long look at that guy, he just—I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's a good person, although, you know, I'm really not even sure that I'm sure he's actually not a good person. Maybe he's nice to his children and his family, but he he looks like uh, what Mad Magazine would call a schnook. He just looks like a guy who's ever so slightly kind of kind of just disreputable, like a guy that might hit on your girlfriend when you're out of the room. And. So everybody else kind of senses that he's bad news, and they they keep trying to kick him out of office, or they're trying to like put together this impeachment, but it doesn't seem like it's getting any traction. So so where are we with, with the impeachment of our friend, uh, Governor Blagojevich?
1: Well,
12: today the board is meeting again, and uh, basically Blagojevich's attorney is present, and they're looking at abuses of power not really related to the alleged selling of Barack Obama's Senate seat, because the board doesn't want to interfere with the investigation. So they're looking at other abuses of power to see if uh, the governor is unfit or if they can give reason that he's unfit. But they're also going to be looking at something which has been called the $25,000 club, and it's basically people who gave that much to his campaign or or donations for other reasons and see if there's any correlation between the donors, state jobs, that sort of thing.
5: Well, I think I speak for everybody when I say that we just assume – I think we all just assume that there's massive levels of, of graft and corruption and bribery and fraud and greasing and crossing palms with silver, silver sort of everywhere. But it is it, not that not that we not that anybody approves of it or think that thinks that it's right. And obviously, there's, these are all just allegations. But it is it's always an interesting dynamic when, at least in terms of allegations, these things are brought to light. But they are things that we all like in the sort of basement of our brain assume happen on on some level so they're trying to connect the dots obviously on this guy what do you know can you speak to whatever the latest sort of development is with ram Emanuel? because i know at one point they would said that he was not involved with this in any way but now they're saying that he may have had direct communication do you can you kind of speak to whatever the latest is there
12: yeah, What it, what is going on with that is there's a review. Barack Obama's transition team is going to be releasing a review, and Obama's chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, and Governor Rob apparently had several conversations. Also, Emanuel had a conversation or two with the governor's top aide, and uh, this report, which is expected to be released tomorrow, is going to detail those conversations. However, uh, sources do say that Emanuel is not... A target of this investigation.
5: So this is uh, so he is not a target, but he is a uh, someone from whom they believe there might be uh, some kind of information gleaned.
12: Right. They're they're not saying that he's been implicated in the case, but there there's some sort of information could possibly have come from him, and they do know that he was recorded on various uh, conversations speaking with both the governor and his top aide about the seat. All
5: right then. Um, uh, and it seems like I was going to make some other observation about uh, abuse of power and something or other, but it's uh, it's all gone now. It's just fallen out of my brain. Uh, on that note, uh, we will more than likely not speak with you until sometime next week. So uh, have a happy holiday uh, from all of us, and uh, you know, do your best to stay uh, do your best to stay warm. I know that. I mean, when in doubt, uh, burn the cheap furniture first.
12: Okay, right. well, thank you, and have a, a great holiday as thank, well.
5: Thank you, Amanda Moyer. There you go, Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen, from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. I think she's coming around. I think that, Amanda, Amanda the Moyer of
6: plane of slush thing was so hilarious. Well, I, you know. Because uh, I know you were just trying to be funny, but it came off as sounding really rude. What, what, you, but I know you weren't trying to be, which is why it was funny. I'm just like, God, Rick,
5: have some tactics. Well, she, what, what she actually said, Well, we're really jealous down here. Well, how nice for you. All right, um... Uh, have we taken? We haven't taken our second break here. Have we sure we? haven't. All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Coming up later on the day, we'll talk to you with Jim Roop, uh, Steve Kastenbaum. We'll be playing more of your holiday favorites. We got Joy of Christmas coming up today. Uh, watches a plenty to get to. Uh, we'll take your phone calls. I know that there's, uh, I know there's certain folks who are also at work today. We'll do a CBS roll call to see who made it into the office today, and uh, all of that. It is five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. It's Monday the twenty second. We are live. Coming up around the corner, uh, as you may or may not know, throughout the rest of this year, we have a series of laid off Portland media professionals, talented voices, uh, lending their time to us as they fill in for laid off Portland media professional Tim Riley today. Dave Schmitke. He joins us around the corner. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. Radio program. It's five zero three seven three three 32970. 5037332970. It is Monday, December 22nd. We are here. We are live. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Coming up uh, later on, senior radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop. Uh, we've also got the joy of Christmas and other amusements of that nature coming up on this uh, snowbound weekend. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So if you and I know that um, not to be all about am ah, screw it to be all about the glory of us. I know that there's a the, the Oregonian piece ran today, but I haven't read it yet. So
6: I just read it online.
5: Is there a picture? Someone told me that there's a picture of Tim updating his blog at home, but even at home, he is in fact wearing a tie.
6: No, I don't see the picture.
5: Well, maybe, or you're looking at it online. Yeah,
6: online. Yeah.
5: Uh, so I haven't I haven't had a chance to look. I haven't been able to find a newspaper. I mean, I know they got delivered somewhere, because Susan Reynolds got hers this morning. She was like, hey, I'm looking at the newspaper. There's of a course, picture.
6: today's like the worst snow day is when we finally get an article on the front
5: <laughs> of the living
6: section. Hooray! Woo!
5: So, well, anyway. uh, so were the papers actually, I mean, were they delivered to like stores or something today? I wonder if the mail's being well, the mail the mail's got to go.
6: I found mail trucks when we were sliding around on the way here.
5: Because well, don't you figure? Look, I don't mean to impugn, uh, you know, government workers. I'm just saying, at a certain point, it becomes logistically untenable to deliver. At a certain point, you just can't do it. You know, if the truck doesn't go, or you can't walk. I mean, it's not going to happen. But don't you figure that like they got to at least make the old college try to deliver the mail? Like they can't not attempt it. Be, which is the problem of it's like FedEx having that you know like absolutely positively has to be there overnight, which means that it, it, you know even if it becomes uh, unfeasible, they got to sort of like they got they got to take a run at it because it, like it's in the slogan. So the U.S. the Post Office has that sleet nor slush nor something or other, and then a fog, and then there's an Ublek thing, and so they got to like try it. So we'll see. All right. Anyway. But if you've seen today's uh, Oregonian, the front of the living section, there's allegedly an article about us that I haven't seen, although I know you can read it online. Um, But they talk about the fact that, what with all the recent tumult and upheaval, throughout the rest of 2008, we are having a series of Portland laid-off media professionals, uh, talented icons currently without uh, a microphone or camera, filling in for the laid-off Tim Riley. And we've had a whole series of folks, and today we now welcome... To the Rick Emerson Show, the one and only Dave Schmitke. Hello, sir.
13: Hello, hello. How are you? Mike? Hey, Rick, hello. Sarah, how are you guys doing?
6: Very well. I can't Good believe you made it.
13: Well, you know, it's funny. You were talking about the Oregonian being delivered, and, uh, you know, you can't even park in your parking lot. Yeah, oh We no. parked next door, no, and then there was a Sherpa that was barely cleaning in the life. <laughs> I hopped on his back, all 265 pounds of me. I owe him my soul now. Did the, the, uh, I saw somebody uh, uh, yesterday. W- Do you ever see something that you, speaking of Sherpas,
5: something that you know Probably is is useful and practical, but you can't take it seriously. You said sherpas, which reminds me of yaks, which reminds me of those yak tracks things that they sell that go. Oh, yeah. They're like they're like chains for your shoe.
6: I thought those worked though.
5: Well, they work, but No, no, they, they work, but they're just silly. I mean, that's a thing that like I know that they function and they might be necessary, you know, to maintain sort of upward you know, mobility. But I just.
13: I don't think I could ever wear them. They're just too weird looking. Well, you know, people wear the golf shoes, and and they really love to see you coming into the mall with a set of those suckers on. Totally. You? Oh, <laughs> where's your hardwood floor? Did you hear uh, RPA Richie Bristol talking about how he scrapes his windshield with his license plate,
6: and how now he can't see out of it <laughs> because it's all <laughs> scratched up. Covered in
5: scratches. <laughs> what part of Alabama is he from? He didn't really, uh, he didn't, he didn't really anticipate that we were talking about whatever we use to clean the windshield uh, when there's ice. And Richie's like, well. Uh, I've been using my license plate, now the windshield's <laughs> all scratched up. I I didn't know that would happen, so, in any event. Uh, so I'll read your uh, bio now, which oh, is uh, Dave Schmitke, formerly host, producer of Good Day Oregon, uh, Home and Garden on mm-hmm. Fox 12, Mister, you were Mr. Fix-It on KEX, That's right. Uh, and TV news reporter in Oregon for 20 years, most uh, recently at Coin TV, where
13: uh, Sarah Dillon... Yeah, we were trying to, to figure
6: out. out if we were working there at the same time.
13: Yeah, yeah, you know, and so many people have gone through there. You talk about, about folks moving around in the media, both in TV, and radio mm-hmm. and what a transitory bunch!
6: Oh yeah, when I was there for just a year, like uh, the anchors changed three different times. Yeah, it was yeah, it was nuts.
13: Oh, I, I, in fact, I was laid off a coin twice, once in the eighties, once in the nineties. And you know, there's that old saying that you know you ain't nothing in this town, boy, unless you've been laid off at least a couple times. Right. Well, I am something. <laughs> now be, you now <laughs> exist. You have worth. You I of not know us
6: yes. in this room or something.
5: I have That's bound. true.
13: Yes, I've been fired.
5: Uh,
13: Only been fired twice.
5: Let's see, have I only been fired twice here in Portland? One, I guess
13: I've only been fired twice here. So, But, you know, but there, but, you know that's enough. That counts. Well, and it's, so twice at coin, once, uh, well, it's more of a layoff, really, at, at Channel 12 here most recently. And then uh, also from another radio station that I will not refer to by call letters. I just call them House of Satan. It's KXL, isn't it? You're right. Uh, you
5: go. <laughs> Got in one, baby. That's, you know what it is. Very that's, good. Very that's good. the sort of, that, that's the mental acuity that makes this program a hallmark of Portland <laughs> Entertainment.
1: All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. And this well. is all true.
5: Well, let's do this, uh, w- we'll take this call, and then we will begin the news hour okay. uh, here with Dave Schmidke, who, by the way, uh, I will say this again uh, throughout the program, can be reached, if you'd like to, be too. it's uh, D. Schmitke, and I will spell that for you. D. S. C. H. M. I. T. K-E, and we'll do that one more time, D-S-C-H-M-I-T-K-E at comcast.net, and we'll uh, put that up on our website later on as well. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir madam, as the case may be.
10: Hey, Rick, uh, sir, everybody in the AM 970 studios. Hello, hi. sir, how are you? Hello. I, just, I just went out and grabbed my uh, Oregonian and then uh, saw you.
5: Now, where is um, it? Uh, where did you find it?
10: Uh, let's see, it's a uh, How We Live section. Well, but I mean, it, the
5: actual paper, where, where were you? Oh, did, was it delivered oh, or did you was, have to go buy it?
10: Uh, it was just in my driveway, underneath a bunch
5: of snow. Wait, so they actually were able to? What time do the newspapers go out? Is that? I mean, it's wow. going to be like four in the morning. Well, I live in Canby. Uh, that well, might be different. Well, God, God bless him, I guess. I wonder if that, because you always, you know, in popular media, you see the, um, you know, the newspaper being delivered by this sort of like a scrappy youth on the bicycle, sort <laughs> of a Peter Billingsley kind of looking kid, with like that, right. that weird. He's got that weird sack over. It's like a sandwich board, but a bag around him with the newspapers. But in reality, it's always a laid-off radio guy. So that's the yeah. irony, sir, is the newspaper was probably delivered by somebody who was, uh, you
13: know, recently laid off from yeah. somewhere. In an in a 82 Ford Mustang.
5: Totally, and just yeah. sitting there talking about, like, you know, and then that third wife of mine, it's like, you know, I know she's been with that guy for three years, but, you know, they're not married, so I still have to keep paying the alimony. Wait, hold on. Over there. Is that house? Oh, we haven't delivered there yet. And then I <laughs> got a backup. Uh uh, excellent. Well, uh, is it true, sir, that Tim Riley is blogging while wearing a tie in that article?
10: Uh, yes, he's um, uh, on page B seven. A black and white photo of him, uh, like looming over him over his computer, and he does look exquisite.
5: Well, as he, you know, really? Tim can't. Tim would really have to work to look uh, anything less than flawless. So, excellent. Well, i will have to check that out at uh, at some point.
10: I just want to say uh, you look good in the pictures too. So, uh, you know, well, don't be you. don't be feeling bad about uh, bragging about yourself. All
5: right. Thank you, sir. But- my, th- thank are you. there
6: pictures of us
5: i don't know you realize i've probably just it. rick huh yeah, well, were the photographer was, of me. <laughs> yeah which is i mean i think for reasons we all understand it's sort of counterintuitive but uh well there was a photographer in the studio with peter that day he was like
13: snapping away but you never like you never know i mean yeah. i just yeah all right
5: well, that's because of my fine delicate features ah
13: well all right uh, i was going to comment on those but i didn't want to get you know too familiar i, don't I don't want to remember. be uh you know. would to be too forward all right. Who's ready to begin the news hour?
5: Oh, boy. I'm ready. Well, it
13: starts with some local
5: news. What do Le- you think, huh? Let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. And now, yeah. from the CBS
2: Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. And
5: filling in for the laid-off, Tim Riley, uh, the laid-off Portland media icon, Dave Schmidke. Hello, sir. Right.
13: Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, uh, Rick. Thanks, Sarah. want to start off with uh, something that maybe you have or maybe you have not noticed. It's snowing out no. there. There's white stuff all over the ground. That's what I'm hearing. Mm, stormgasm, 2008, ladies and gentlemen. Checking with the latest prognosticators. Hold on. I'm writing that down. Uh, yeah, uh, weathergasm, 2008.
5: I think the storm worked. I think really it's the suffix that I was looking at really more okay. than the prefix of
13: that word. Okay, excellent. Yeah, okay. So anyway, if you haven't noticed, there's a whole load of snow out there. And according to one of our local prognosticators, uh, it's actually supposed to warm up to 36 degrees today and maybe start a little bit of a thaw. Now, those of you who believe that signify by making fart sounds. Okay, good. Okay, that's about as much stock as I put into it, It's really it a repressive atmosphere in television news, oh, isn't it? Well, you know, that's where that's where radio is so nice for those of us that have been in TV for a while because we can really kind of air it out a little bit. You can
5: use all those gasm references that mm. we're really not able to do on the Home you and Talk Garden show. Hearts? Yeah, well, you know. Okay, so let's, well, let's back up for a second. So, so what is it? I don't even know what the temperature is right now. I was going to ask you as though we know. but freaking It's freaking cold. It's, it's really freaking cold. cold.
13: Yeah. But so it's going to get to 36. 36 and, and start to kind of thaw a little bit just in time for nightfall but to come. But see,
5: that's the thing. So then it's going to freeze and then it's going to just be one endless uh, just cavalcade of ice out there, right? So. A cavalcade. Exactly. Uh, a plethora. I'm still going to
13: try
6: to get to Bremerton.
5: Really? Wait, yeah. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. And so that is what you take, I-5 I five
6: five. Mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. It well, might I mean, change in four wheel
5: drive. Uh, really yeah. your car has four wheel drive. I think so. Um, the uh, so really that's surprising. I mean, I hope it does. That surprises me though. It too. Um, it, I think the four wheel drive is less of an issue than maybe the chains, but that being said, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I don't know I'm what making it up. About Wait,
13: it. you know, you're Mr. Fix It, you're manly. Yeah. Yeah. What is it oh. what is <laughs> I don't know what that means with manly, actually, but,
5: but uh, so what is let me ask you this all things being equal in your assessment. What is more important, chains or four wheel drive? Depends,
13: All things being equal. Depends on the terrain. Now, if you're talking about snow like what we have out there right now, chains are, are great because they, they kind of dig into the snow a little bit and get you going. So they get you off the sort of slick surface that has been compacted and frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, but if you've got like black ice, freezing ice, right. studs, studded tires are going to be better. But, you know, here's another little trick. I just learned this this morning. Uh, my wife's car, a little Ford Escape, mm-hmm. um, pulled out the manual a couple of days ago. I'm look, it's, a, it's an on-demand four-wheel drive car, right? So it's not always on four-wheel drive, but when it needs it, you push it, it button, turns it on yeah. and off it goes. So I thought, okay, well, what tires do I put the chains on? Well, I thought, well, look it up in the manual. Ford says specifically... Rear wheels. But don't ever put them on the front, put them on the rear. But put them on the rear, nice brand new uh, chains that I won't say the company I bought them from, but they run out to you when you pull up at the tire store. And you put them on there, thought I followed the directions, took off, sounded like I, I put, you know, like a bunch of marbles in a tin can. Like it was just a rock yeah. tumbler full of marbles. yeah. And it got out, and I checked it and checked it. And long story short, basically, I go back to one of the fine tire stores this morning. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, no, you're crazy. You never put them on the rear wheels. You put them on the front. I, w- I should actually say that I, I noticed
5: one of you this morning I was talking about how I w- my wife came home, you know, from having been uh, at her place of business since Saturday evening. You know, wow. nobody was able to make it in, so she was, like, sleeping at work, and they were kind of uh, – you know she's a nurse, and so they were trading off shifts and, you know, whatever. But the- so she made it home this morning, and – you know you know when you're when you're at work you know you can never really sleep at work all that well no you can sort of like it's a like technically you could call it sleeping but there's really no uh, there's no resting to be had there so she got home and and I sort of wasn't taking that into account and she was I'm not going to say she was cranky but she was just you know she was kind of at the end of her mental rope she was feeling a little afraid. and she was sitting on the sofa uh making herself some eggnog and I think, peppermint schnapps this morning.
13: Uh, and <laughs> right on. Good
6: and for her. Well, if she's been working for 36 hours... Oh, seriously, like, no. Know. And it was All at... It was at she
5: wants. Yeah, it was at 10 a.m., but it's at the end of working for, like, two days, and she's like, you know, like, F it, I'm drinking. So, but I had this whole discussion about, baby, I think I'm going to drive, and she said, no, don't drive, don't be a jerk, just take the bus. And we kind of had this little back and forth where I was insisting that I would be able to drive, and I never... It was sort of the best and worst case scenario because I never really had to prove it because the windshield ice was so thick I couldn't, you know, it was a non-issue. But um, so there I am and I'm I'm all bundled up and I got my layers and I got my hat and my gloves and I'm trudging down the street and it's, you know, like snow drifts that are like two feet and stupid cars, stupid eyes, I could have driven, I know what I'm doing, idiots, drive, stupid. And so I'm watching all of these cars go by and every one of them did have the chains on the front tires. Ah. So I guess the, the 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 moral and the lesson is disregard uh, probably whatever your manual says and go with the uh, guys at the tire store. Which so the Ford
6: said that you had to put them on the back tires.
5: Yeah. yeah but that's wrong, apparently. But it's apparently. wrong. Yeah.
13: yeah. And believe me, I just, just did this about a couple of hours ago, and the car drives like, oh, yes, I am ready for snow now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a total different deal other than, you know, the big banging and the clanking and the terror and the crying from my wife. <laughs>
5: Hello. Hi. You're on The Rick Everston Show. What's up? Yo. Hey. Thanks for showing up today. Not at all, sir. Thank you for listening. What's up?
3: Hey, I'm stuck out in Gresham area. Yes. And I can't get your show oh. on the radio. And I'm a driver. Hmm. I can be all the way down in Albany.
5: Oh, are you talking show. about today specifically? No, uh, any time. Uh, you mean like you can never ever get it in Gresham? That's odd. We get calls much, from Gresham all never. the time. Please for help. Gunshots. The well, I know that today, not just us, but I know CBS Radio Portland is having. Uh, they're having some transmitter issues because of the the snow and the ice the last couple of days but well that's odd um are you talking about any particular part of gresham like inside Uh, a microwave
3: just just before gresham uh the area where all the murders happened right around 100 yeah that narrows
5: it it down thanks so much for the specificity (laughs) Uh, well do me a favor actually because i'm always kind of curious to know you know and this is every radio station you'll get these weird these weird pockets of dropout where, for some reason, it's like you've just gone into this this kind of tunnel. You've gone into this weird, like, lead lines safe room where no radio waves can penetrate. But then, by the same token, and people who've worked in radio or around radio for any length of time know what I'm talking about, I got an email the other day from a guy in Finland who is one of these guys, they call them DXers, and they're these guys, they're these sort of, like, ham radio nerd enthusiasts – but it's right. these guys where their whole hobby is sitting around and trying to figure out the furthest radio station whose signal they can pull in. And then they'll have now webpages, but it used to be maps, where a guy would have a map, and he would be like, you know, and, 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 and then I was able to pull in a signal from Portland. And it was, you know, kind of this group of kind of dorky radio enthusiasts who would try to find signals from around the world. And now, they, again, they, they do it online. But I got an email from a guy the other day, and the the way that they used to do it is they would – run a cassette tape and they would try to, you know, they would, they would record the program and they would send it to you and you would, li- you would like the program director or whoever, would listen to it and verify that it was your station and you'd let them know and then they'd be like, okay, and then they could put a pin in the map. So this guy sent me an MP3 the other day, which is how that kind of stuff gets, gets done these days, and, it's, and it was of our show and it's really weird to be listening to a recording of your show that was taped by a guy listening to you in Finland. And then on the other hand, you're in Gresham and you're not hearing it. So it's all very strange.
2: Uh, That
14: is bizarre. Well,
5: well, drop me an email when you get a chance. I'll look into it.
14: Well, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I got the live stream on. It's my roommate's computer. and He's getting up in a few minutes and he plays World of Warcraft for about 18 hours straight.
5: Well, you know, sounds like you're pretty much having the best life ever right now.
13: (laughs) And it also sounds like it's time for our. Well, let me, one, one second, actually, before he's like no, a Segway ahead. master. <laughs> um, so, in any event, so uh, so when he
5: gets in the world of Warcraft, you're going to lose the uh, you're going to lose the live stream. It sounds like exactly. All right. Well, thank you for listening uh, at least at this moment in time, and of course, today's show will be up as a podcast. If not today, then sometime in the uh, in the immediate future. Stay warm, my friend. You have to go out, man?
2: No, no, hell no. All right. Well, stay at Can I home. i out. One and,
3: more
6: thing.
5: Yeah. Oh, oh
6: that's bastard. Been forever. Bastard. I actually oh, missed that, that a little bit.
5: All right, uh, Rick, you're wearing a
6: kind of a bitchin' shirt today. Am I? Never seen it. Uh like today's youth a little bit.
5: <laughs> I'm trying to recapture my uh, my faded Kling yesteryears, it, Sarah. Uh, let it's me. It's too clean though. Yeah, I uh, no. This is it's not new. New. I just haven't really had a chance to. I just haven't really had a chance to wear it to work. I'm wearing a. It's, it's a, very busy. It's a Wednesday 13 shirt. Uh, with this band Wednesday 13. It, but it looks. It is made to look. I think like a like an old B movie, like a grindhouse movie poster. That is sort of distressed or faded or whatever they call it. And it's like, there's not really a lot of opportunities to wear this, uh, you know, when you're like, because like, I see, like, un- unlike everybody else on the air who works down here in the lower level, uh-huh. uh, we got to this building later than everybody else. We used to be at the coin tower. And so we came over here, and so I got like the office upstairs, which I guess is okay, except on the one A, it's literally five feet away from the general manager's office. Mm, the so, the suits. When, seriously, so like any time there's, you know, so I just always feel like I'm in the line of fire. Uh, and, you know, and it's and it's sort of, you know, upstairs where all the sales folk congregate, which means that I have to dress like a grown-up. So everybody who works down here, you know, they can just sort of uh, you tread water in a sea of uh, adolescent stylistic choices. Um I have to dress like a grown-up most of the day. Sorry. Today is not that day, though. Ladies one of the
13: and nice things about snow, you know? Snow days, dress how you want. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Dave Schmicky. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our Geek Watch. Here is your Geek Watch. Oh, Come on, Dan. High-speed modem is intolerably slow. <laughs> In the Queen dilemma, I remember you used
5: to... just a television show. That's all, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... listen, the There, there, there is no quantum flux. There's no
13: auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? That it does. With your Geek
5: Watch, Dave Schmicky, ladies and
13: gentlemen. All right, David Gerold, famous for writing the Trouble with Triple Star Trek episode, also wrote an episode that included gay characters, but it was shot down by Paramount. Now you, though, can watch it online. To make the episode, Gerold teamed up with the fan crew behind Star Trek Phase 2, which is a web, web series that's intended to be the fourth season of the original series. Now, uh, originally, this episode called Blood and Fire was written for Star Trek The Next Generation. Even the title sounds gay. Yeah, Blood and Fire and Sequins. But anyway, it was approved by Gene Roddenberry, you know. But exact- Are you
5: air-checking today with the hopes of giving it to some sort of reputable uh, <laughs> radio or television station? Because you're screwed. That's a fool's errand. Yeah,
13: yeah I'm pr- pretty much in trouble on that one, huh? Oh, well, That's welcome to my world. Okay, but you know the the suit, speaking of suits... Uh, They were worried they would lose advertisers because, and I quote now, mommies, unquote, would call in to complain that they'd seen gay people on Star Trek. Right. But so anyway, the episode is about the Enterprise responding to a distress call and dealing with scary bloodworms. It introduces a new character, Peter Kirk, gay nephew of the Captain. Peter Kirk? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not Bruce. No. Not not Bruce or,
5: uh, now see, you stole my go-to name. Sorry. Bruce is always my go-to gay name. Well, there's Lance. Why? Lance. No, 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 Lance. Lance. Lance, there you go. Uh, it's because, as much as I make fun of comedians most of the time, it's because I saw a stand-up comic, this is years ago, like in the, in the mid-'80s, talking about... He just—I don't even know if it's true or not—but he did a kind of a riff about how, in his opinion, Bruce was like the gayest name there was. Um, but uh, he was talking about the, the, the sort of the yin and yang of most gay-sounding and least gay-sounding names, and he said that you know Bruce was was the gayest name he could think of, mm-hmm. and the least gay name he could think of was Joe Montana. And so <laughs> since then, it made an imprint on my brain at a very young age, and so Bruce is always my Lance works as well. So, but this is the guy who wrote Trouble with Tribble, So the script was extant the script existed they just haven't ever filmed yeah. it until now for that
13: many years well, you know? that's a long time i mean it doesn't surprise
5: cuz you know star trek was they got all of this uh they got all this guff when kirk i uh, see so, you know if i if i screw this up then they kissed ohura the Uhura, i was going i say the geeks will come kill me but i but i do believe that when kirk kissed ohura i think that was in fact the first interracial kiss ever seen on television Good and there was sure. of course the usual you know the usual group of of morons and bigots who were sending in complaints and death threats and you know, and I think, I think actually no less than Martin Luther King Jr. called Nichelle Nichols, who played Uhura, and after, you know, spending some time telling her how unbelievably scorchingly hot she was, uh, said, like, you know, like, like, keep it up and, you know, tell them to get bent and whatever. So, you know, so Kirk, really, I mean, the Kirk family will take love in whatever fashion it arrives. Doesn't matter. White, black, green, gay, straight, tentacled, doesn't matter. If you're, you know, Kirk is all about the sexing.
13: doesn't quite matter how. <laughs> sexing. I've never heard that as a, as a verb before. That's what I do. Okay. Well, the first task, if you want to see it, you want to check it out, uh, Blood and Fire goes online this Saturday on the Star Trek Phase Two website. And then the second half airs in February, and that's uh, Star Trek New com. Excellent.
5: There's your geek watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
14: By Grab our Hammer, by the Sons of War Van, I shall avenge you.
3: Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous uh, mix. Hello.
5: Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio hey, Program.
3: Hey, Rick, they did do a gay lesbian episode on Next Generation.
5: Uh, is, well, wait. Now, I, now I'm getting them all. First of all, I should say I've had very, very little sleep. Uh I had because you know my wife is gone and she's whatever, and so then my whole you know you just the you know, thing where you don't you know you don't sleep you don't sleep as well when somebody's not there and whatever and, and uh, all the
13: vodka too yeah. and
5: all the vodka yes and the huffing sterno and and just uh, whatever so I'm getting it all kind of confused in my head but it was that wasn't a thing with Deanna Troy was it?
3: No, it was with Riker. He went they went down to a planet and it was. Everybody was assigned a partner, and she was assigned a fem- the, this one character was assigned a female partner. And Will was it a- fell in love with her or was enamored with her, and they sent her back for reprogramming to be back to being gay, you not to be heterosexual, but oh, gay. Okay,
5: all right, okay. So hmm. I'm confusing that with the. Let me just. Maybe the, the, we'll, then we'll have to put a pin on this because otherwise we're just going to spiral off into some weird nerd fest about Star Trek. But I I think I'm confusing that somehow in my head with that episode where, uh, where uh, Beverly Crusher and Picard are stuck on that planet and they're doing the weird mind meld thing where they can read each other's thoughts. And then at the end, it reveals that he, you know, they were reading each other's thoughts, and she finds out that he had a crush on her or something. It's all, I don't know. It's all like, it's all kind of conflating in my brain. So. All right.
13: Duly noted. All right. Thank you, sir.
5: You bet, Greg. Have a good day. Thank you, my friend. Stay
13: warm. We we had a call earlier, too. Back to a little bit of local news, if that's okay. Mentioned Gresham. And a a part of our, our continuing weather storm coverage here, by the way, there is a state of emergency existing right now in Gresham.
5: I think it's kind of an ongoing state when you're in Gresham. Really, it's just all they do in Gresham is it's sort of like a state of emergency, mad lids. You know what I mean? Right now, citizens are being mes- you know, menaced by crack dealers. You know, and then right now, uh, citizens are being menaced by alcoholism. You know, citizens menaced by overwhelming depression, based on the fact that they woke up this morning and realized it's not a dream. They really live in Gresham.
13: And then today, snow. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, and it also, it also apparently is closed down the zoo. So the animals are depressed. In Gresham? Well, yeah. What kind of it's, it's zoo it's little, is there in Gresham? It's a little-known zoo in Gresham. <laughs> it, it exists of two cockatiels and a rat terrier. I don't even know if a cockatiel is <laughs> a real animal, but it's funny. Well done. All right. All right. No, actually, the Oregon Zoo is closed today, folks. For those of you who wanted to go brave the winter weather hell, don't go to the zoo. It's
6: I so, hope the animals are okay. What do they do with, uh, with the animals?
13: I don't know. They're the zoo. I figure they have some <laughs> sort of... You think
5: the polar bear sitting there going, Yeah! Finally. You need to you need to reduce your caffeine intake. No,
6: he doesn't. Oh, He's sorry. amazing. <laughs> no.
5: More more drugs for me. Wow. Really, this right. is sort of like when Dennis uh was on the show, and he was talking about he was getting this tattoo, this full sleeve on his left arm. And he'd had at one point this big pot leaf tattoo, and I think he got it covered up with something else. Maybe it was part of the sleeve he was getting. Anyways, he was getting the pot leaf covered up. But because he wanted to look sort of respectable, and I think he said... You know, I suppose reasonably, enough, you know, he didn't want to have to uh, explain to his daughter when she grew up, like, what the pot leaf tattoo was. So he got it covered up. But he was getting this full tattoo sleeve from, like, shoulder to wrist. And I asked him at one point, I said, what is that about? And he basically said that he was getting the full sleeve tattoo done because he wanted to guarantee with absolute certainty that he would never again go back and work in a cubicle at a regular office nine to five and he's like, if I got this tattoo, they're not going to hire me at a regular office like that. So this is this air check, maybe this can work the same way for you. You can make sure that wherever you work next, it is a
13: place that embraces fun. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the last gig I had, I got to say, it was a hoot. It was an absolute, loved it, loved going to work every day. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a home and garden show, got to dispense advice, got to appear semi-nude several times. Uh, so for me, that's pretty much, you know, I don't think the world has seen enough of fat, uh, naked man.
5: Well, yeah. I'm trying to figure out exactly who you look like. I mean,
6: you look like an old, like a, like a seven Oh Oh,
5: Tom I know it is. James Conn. No, I can't. <laughs> God. Uh, he looks
6: kind of like uh, like TV's Patrick Duffy.
5: Oh, hey, oh, I, I can see that. Yes, the right leg of the monster scuzzle mm, yes. Uh Yes. Say this. Say. My uh production and I'm there. Say, uh, hi, kids. I'm TV's Patrick Duffy. Hi, kids. I'm TV's Patrick Duffy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, people in the house who are uh, fans of character actors. You look a lot like, uh, like celebrated character actor Mike
13: Starr, who by definition you can't picture because a character actor is one of those guys. No, where, I'm off where the character like of
6: Something close though. Well, I did a
13: mustache for a long, long time until I Ooh, found out. Ooh, no, a you don't things. want to do that. Well, one, it makes you look like John Holmes, and yeah, only from the neck up, I would right, imagine. Right, yeah, porn star. And then <laughs> that's, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's true though. It's really what. It John Holmes like. was thin. Yeah, yeah, I. Once upon a time, was too, weren't we all? Anyway, well, you still are. Yes, both of you still are. Weren't we all?
5: I can't I see still... you Wait, the why
13: did? <laughs> <laughs> where is this going?
5: <laughs> uh, all right, so we got Steve Castembam from CNN that we will speak with in just one moment. So I'm going to do this call, then we'll talk to Steve Castembam, then we'll take a break. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show.
15: Hello, this
16: is Duke.
5: Hello, Duke. How are you today?
16: Good. I'm a little snowbound, but I guess I'm not alone.
5: Where are you? Uh, where are you at right now? You, I Emma, mean, What part of Portland?
16: Uh, I'm out in park Rose, like 122nd.
5: All right. Well, so it's just as well that you're in the house. I mean,
16: yeah, pretty much I all guess. the time. Yeah, exactly. There's not much to do in this neighborhood. Hey, so I'm calling to dispense some advice about uh, chains and driving in this weather that okay. you guys were discussing on a little earlier. Yes. So um, you guys were partly correct about uh, using uh, uh, studs on the uh, ice which is uh fantastic and uh chains in the snow mm-hmm. as for like putting uh you know putting on which which type of a a device on the the front wheel or the rear wheel you want to put the chain on the wheels that drive the car
5: so if it's a rear wheel drive car they go on the rear if it's a front wheel drive car which almost i would say almost all cars are at this point you put them on the front that makes hey. sense
16: Exactly, right. exactly. So, you know, that, 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 uh, that, that, it, that as you said. Now, obviously, the best thing to do is if you can get chains or studs on all four wheels, that's fantastic. If you drive, uh, if your car drives with a rear wheel, having chains in the front helps you steer. That way you can, you know, uh, make better corners without slipping out.
5: Well, I'm just going to save up for next uh, winter, and I'm going to put animatronic spider legs on my car so it can be like the thing <laughs> at the end of Wild Wild West. <laughs>
16: Right. That, 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 that's a good idea, uh, and, and this, is, this is to build on Sarah's point about driving uh, to uh, Murmerton. Yes, sir. Um, if it, I'm sure most of the roads are plowed, or if people have uh, been driving on them, the, the mm-hmm. snow is packed down. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have mm-hmm. an issue. Okay, cool. Uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the only issue is if you're going through neighborhoods mm-hmm. where there's a lot of snow drifts built up. Mm-hmm. If your car is not lifted, like a tall lifted mm-hmm. truck. And you've got a low, regular car with a really low belly on it. Yes. You sir. run into one of those snow mm-hmm. drifts, you're going to run into a chance of mm-hmm. high centering, and that's, that's when your wheels lose traction.
5: All right. Well, do, I've written all this down so I can refer to it uh, in the days ahead, sir. Thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah, no problem. All right, and. Gotta go. Right, thank, thank you so much, and goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio. Wow. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir.
7: Oh, so chains on the
6: drive so here's what you
5: do seriously i mean it would have been no offense to that guy it would have been easier for you to go to your garage build an airplane create your own <laughs> jet fuel out of begonias in your living room and skywrite the schematics over the radio station it would it have like, been less time consuming
7: it was like car talk gone bad really. seriously
5: for the love of god all right hello steve kassima how are you today Pretty good. How you doing? We're okay. We're uh, Well, I mean, Portland, is, as you might see in the uh, news, Portland sort of snowed in. And I know that, you know, in New York City, our weather doesn't count as bad. And you don't know from snow. And you weren't here in 19... You weren't here in 05 and whatever. Um, but I, I... So I was talking to uh, Amanda Moyer about this earlier, because it's like, you know, and I, I think up until a couple of days ago, it was like 70 degrees in Atlanta. And then in, I was talking to Lisa, and it's cold in D.C., but it's... You yeah, know, too bad. The problem Portland is right in this weird middle ground, though, in terms of winter preparation, where it it ha- like the weather gets bad in terms of you know impacting traffic and infrastructure and causing power outages. It gets bad just often enough that it really, really screws us now and again. And you get a day like today where like the office is closed. I mean, there's like the few of us that are you know that are really devoted professionals came to work, but everybody else is just sitting at home, just drinking themselves blind. So. It happens just often enough to screw us. it doesn 't happen often enough that it makes sense for Portland, the city to lay in the sort of uh, you know the sort of Department of Transportation supplies and equipment and planning to be able to deal with it. So how
6: many how many inches of snow did you get?
5: Uh, it, I got a foot out there right now. Yeah, and I mean, there
6: was like four more inches overnight.
5: Yeah, I mean there's a foot, but of course that's you know but that's a mean that's sort of an average. So you know there are places where it's been driven on and it's been packed down, and there it's just sort of slick. But there are places where it's drifted, like on my street for example. And it's dr- here's a funny story actually. Um, this and I apologize this will be the only uh, dog story for the day. So I was taking the dogs out last night and I got the I got two dogs. I got this dog Max, and I got the dog Philo. And Philo is like this. They're both shelter dogs, or, or dogs that at least were kind of rescued. And um Philo's got these huge gazelle legs, so he he is in fact like that thing at the end of Wild Wild West. I mean, he could probably climb over the house if he needed to. But but our dog Max is sort of you know he's a small stout little dog. I mean you've seen Max there, right? He's got He's not he a has tall dog. Pig notes. No. It's on your webpage, right? Uh, yeah, I think you so. See? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's picture actually of front in the Christmas tree. In yeah, of the tree. Because yeah. um, I'm an idiot. Uh, but <laughs> so I was taking Max out last night, and there was there's that thing where you get the snow, but then there's the crust on top of it, and so it was. I know I'm being a pet person here, but it was pretty charming because I'm walking. am walking Max, who weighs you know enough to break through, but not immediately, and so he'll be like walking along, walking along, Krunk! And then one of his legs will go through. And then he does this hilarious sort of wily coyote standing in thin air off the edge of the cliff for just a moment look. Where as Max is walking along the crust of snow, beneath which is like a three-foot drift, it will go snap. And one of his feet will break through the crust. And he'll just have time to look down at his paw and then look at me. And then the rest of it gives way. And he goes, like right down (laughs) into the drift. It's fantastic. So he has now... Decided he doesn't want to leave the house at all. So, um, (laughs) so I literally, I walk, this is so gross, but I walk him out to, you know, to do his business, and he'll get three inches at the front door and just go right on the front porch. And so then I'm obliged to clean it up immediately. It's so better than
6: in your house.
5: Well, that is better than in the house, but I mean it's so. In any event, so it's tall enough to uh, it's tall enough to cover a small dog. That's how tall it is here, sir. Well then I I
7: wouldn't belittle that amount of snowfall. I, that's a, that's a lot of snow. It,
6: it is. It took it... us some effort, I have to say, to get to work today.
5: It is. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, Sarah, uh, you know, had somebody drive her here, but it took forever, and then I actually ended up taking the bus, and then I was, um. I was dropped off. The bus dropped me down the street. Dave, how far away? Did you just said 7-Eleven is down the street. You know? uh
13: it's uh, at least a half mile. So, th- really? Well, did she think? Oh it, no, that just longer. A, it seems a lot longer when you have to walk. Well, that, that really increases my
5: bragging then. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I, no, I
6: have to walk all the way from Hawthorne up to here, and that's that's at least far, a half well. mile. Exactly. Yeah. See,
5: I walked a half mile in the snow to get here both today. Both hills, both ways. Uh, so, in
6: a curmudgeon voice, the, Dave Lincoln <laughs> would be so Lincoln?
5: So the bus <laughs> dropped me off. And then I was uh, walking on my way to get here. So it's, yeah, I mean, it certainly is a fair amount of snow, as everybody listening to me knows. It's just that it doesn't happen quite enough that the city will buy whatever it would need to make it better. You know what I mean?
7: Oh, I see. So this this is a pretty rare occurrence, this much this yeah. much snow. Oh. Yeah.
5: In any I way. see.
7: Yeah, you know, it's really funny. I remember a story uh, when, it, when it snowed in London and they, like, freaked out when right. there was, like, half an inch of snow on the ground. A half an inch or, like, an inch and the whole city came to a halt. They wouldn't let people walk down the stairs to the to the uh, the underground to get on the metro because they were afraid of, of people slipping and falling. And that's the funniest thing ever if you live in New York City because if you've ever seen the entrances to the subway stations during a snowstorm or, or uh, when it rains, right. it, it, it's, it's impossible to navigate, and it never closes anyway. You know, it keeps going. And, to, and just to think of these people like standing at the, the top of the underground stairwells Petrified, not, not able to move because there 's a half an inch of snow on the step
5: by the way that's uh, really that 's why they lost the revolutionary war because they can 't figure out stairs i yeah. mean the so I just i 'm picturing a bunch of, of Britons by the way, standing at the top of the stairs like ed two o nine in the movie Robocop, just looking <laughs> down with a three a three segmented toe kind of going <coughs> trying to figure out exactly how to and the idea that you would actually have to post a no is that true? You're not making this up that they actually banned they, – they, they closed it because, Eng, knew, uh, because people in England couldn't figure out how to walk downstairs? Are you making that up?
7: Somebody told me that uh, a couple of the, uh, the underground lines were, were closed because the entranceways they felt became too dangerous to uh, maneuver. In in a snowstorm.
5: Right. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. I, you know, what really? They're going to go in the penalty box in my brain for the remainder of today's program. I have lost respect for people in Britain.
7: Oh, oh it gets better. They, they. Did you know that uh, on on the underground, they they uh, the segments of the track that are above ground that uh, on their rail system, if there are leaves on the tracks, wet leaves, they'll uh, you know suspend service, and you'll hear a message on the uh, the public address announcement. Service on whatever line has been suspended. Due to wet leaves on the track. You
5: know what? This is what you should expect from a country that created you know, like Coldplay. I mean, really, there's you know, I uh, wait. Did they create Coldplay of Britain, right? Think, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, I was mm. gonna go with Radiohead there. The last moment, I went with the. Uh, I was going you know, good, so, good switch at the end. Though. All right. Well, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so uh, real quick, well, what's you know, uh, do we'll do some some actual uh, news here for mm-hmm. a moment. Um, mm-hmm. The it says here. And it, 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 I actually have to sort of demarcate these because I know that later on, Rup is talking about the the de- he's talking about the second kind of, of depression, but you're actually talking about the sort of financial angle because you are, you know, you're the guy who's been sort of uh, it, it, tracking all this. So I have no. There's always that colloquial thing they say where like, uh, you know, the recession is when uh, you know your neighbor's out of a job, and the depression is when when you're out of a job or whatever. But, right. And then sometime in the last 10 years, have you noticed this? Sometime since I would say the late 90s. They introduced this new word called stagflation, which yes. kind of sounds made up, but a woman who works here, Kristen Bowie, insisted it's a real word. So, my question is are we in a, re- a recession, a depression, a stagflation, all of the above, none of the above, other?
7: Well, we're in a recession. That we know for sure. So, I asked uh, NYU economics professor Mark Gertler, when does a recession become a depression? And he said, Well, I don't think there's any
16: agreed upon definition.
7: That's great. So you can be in one, and somebody might tell you you're not, and somebody else might say you are. So he says, uh, he, says he doesn't think it, it matters what you call it, really.
16: What matters is actually what happens to the economy as opposed to what you call it.
7: So he was saying times are tough, right? This is the worst economic crisis we've been in since the Great Depression. However, it pales in comparison to the Great Depression. Uh, right now we have unemployment up around uh, 7%, a little bit higher than that. During the Great Depression, unemployment was at 25%,
9: Mm. and it Mm. was
7: sustained that way for a long time. Generally speaking, economists say a depression is when unemployment is up around 12%, and it's sustained there for about a year or more. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so we're really not close to being in a depression and when you make a comparison uh, to uh, how the economy is slowed down, when you look at all of the uh, the manufacturing figures, the sales figures, that sort of thing, yes, things are really bad right now. But we're nowhere near a depression.
5: I got two two questions, Before we wrap this up, one is well, one is really more of a statement. It sounds like being like one of those economic uh, analysts or whatever is the easiest job on earth because it's such a you, because the, 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 the thing you're discussing is so ill-defined. You can just sort of say whatever and it makes sense uh you know you don't really need to describe what a depression is or if we're in it or when it's going to end or make any sort of uh, comparative discussion you can just sort of you know blather uh, for uh, 90 seconds or something and they'll put you on television and then you can uh, and then you can pitch a website and um, that's why cnbc exists exactly <laughs> Bada bing. and secondly to what i don't even know if you if you can answer this but I mean, obviously, seven percent—you know—unemployment's something to sneeze at. I mean, you know, that sucks. And you know, we've all—I mean, here at the Rick Emerson Show—we've obviously been affected by that within the last couple of weeks with the loss of Tim Riley and, and whatever. But um, where does that compare to other industrialized nations? I mean, what is the what's the unemployment in like Britain right now? What with their inability to use stairs and all? I mean, are people able to get to work? What what are they? What's the situation there?
7: I have to plead ignorance on, on the answer to that question. But what I can tell you is, uh, in the last major serious recession we had, which was 1982 unemployment was up around, the official unemployment number was up around 10%. All right. So we're getting close to what we had, and we probably will be there by the start of uh, the new year. Uh, we'll be up at around 10% probably. That's what we're projecting right now.
5: All right, my friend. Well, uh, on that note, uh, we are largely going to be gone uh, the rest of this week. We will be returning next Monday. Uh, today is the first day of Hanukkah, is it not? Yes, uh, it is. Yes, I, I lit a candle last night. Uh, so uh, happy Hanukkah and happy holidays uh, to you and your wife as well. And uh, uh, so have a uh, have a great week. Uh, stay uh, safe and dry and all of that. And uh, best to everybody there. We will talk to you next week, sir. Take care. All right. Thank you, my friend, Steve Castamon, ladies and gentlemen, New York City. We'll take a break. Back after this, more news from Dave Schmidtke, Portland media icon, who is uh, filling in for the laid off Tim Riley today. Uh, coming up later on, a Radio correspondent Jim Roop as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
1: So he started up his toys and safe in the garage singing in the tub. The so honey went too far and he plugged into the pub. But the a Christmas Eve when Trevor and the skins popped in for a punch and a knickerbocker frisk. Trevor liked the music when none of you He see. He wound all December and he knocked us to his knees. The car came down on Christmas Day. I know exactly what he'd say. he said, say, I oh, do the pop, then I do the skins, but I do the world. It was a bloody mess he through the crowd He said, we'll meet again, we are bloody, yet about." am bound Silver and told him that I meet mean. Christmas Day On the roof down 20 up the street The lost came down on Christmas Day And now it's acting what he say Bloody dying man Hardy was alone and abandoned by his band Terror was your baby, and I'm just a full eye. When the few And slipping down and my damn little fiance, Hardy saw the north star, Johnny more than ever. So he made a turn against Thomas Terror, saving Trevor. They repelled on the roof for the rest of the terror, and went back to the pub where well, they fought each other back. The car came down on Christmas Day. I know exactly what he'd say. He'd say, I oh, to the pop, and I oh, to the king. but I to the world.
6: Oh, that's my favorite Christmas song. Is it really? It is. I'm, honestly, I love the Vandals so much. Excellent. Ridiculous.
5: Uh, we should take requests. it's we should. Uh, uh, so, I uh, guess, God, it's already 1 o'clock.
6: Well, since there's nobody here in the office, I'm assuming probably people at other places of employment are, you know,
5: sitting at home. That's a, Well, you know, that's a, actually a good question. Um, Trying to figure out who has gone, I mean, not just here at CBS, although we're, we're going to do that here in a second. We're going to do the CBS roll call and see who made it into the office. But I am I am kind of curious to know... I mean, I guess I'll stop short of saying, like, call us simply and solely to tell us you're at work, because there's really only so far you can go with that. But I it, I would be curious to know what's open and what's not. Uh, well, I know that – well, let me – let's find out. Hey, Richie Bristol, are you here? I mean, I know you're here, but are you in your room? Well, that's great. That's enough. All, All right. And you can summon Richie. Well, Richie at least have a partial list. Uh, it's five zero three 733 Let's see. This one says, uh, Rick. Uh, I heard a guy calling in with the recipe for hot buttered rum, uh, but because my boss has made me come in today and I answer our phones, I missed the ingredients after the pound of brown sugar. Can you help a sister out? Um, best show ever. Uh, Tim Riley still, my God. Thanks, Bobby. Looks like a girl. Bobby in the couve. Um, Richie, so just as a side note, so this uh, Bobby here, so she's at work. She's answering phones wherever she works, and she was not able to get the entire recipe. Do you have the whole recipe? Uh-huh. Uh you should at some point we should post it maybe somewhere because okay. I've had several requests for I it. I think I memorized it. Uh let's see how about this one. We I read mean, one more here. Uh and then we'll uh and then we'll do the roll call then more with Dave Schmidtke who is filling in for Tim Riley today. Um let's see Jim Rube coming up all of that. Uh let's see this is um about buses work and game day players. Rick coming from the deep and dirty f- uh, southeast on the bus today. I waited for about 25 minutes outside for my bus. It was about halfway full and remained at about that level during my one-and-a-half-hour commute. It usually takes about half of that on a normal day. We passed abandoned buses, cars stuck trying to get onto side streets, and a semi that was blocking most of Milwaukee Avenue. It was like Mad Max Beyond Fargo Dome. (laughs) I'm totally calling that right now. Beyond
6: Fargo Dome. That belongs Uh,
5: to our program.
6: That's what it looked like. People were just walking, leaving their cars, you know, abandoned on the sides at different angles, blocking off streets, not caring.
5: Uh, He says, our driver was a hero and navigated the streets with aplomb, drawing applause from us riders as he steadfastly got us to our stops, navigating through inclement weather and idiots in stranded vehicles. Arriving at the office a little late didn't matter, as I was the only one there. Two other people have shown up so far out of 40 employees, and we are apparently the only ones who didn't receive the all-weaklings-and-cowards-stay-home-today memo. Uh, He says, I am now blasting your show loudly throughout the building. Massive thanks to you guys for showing up today and providing the rest of us game day players with amusement, as well as those listening at home, unemployed and faint-hearted alike, uh, best show ever, Chris. So, all right. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, appreciate that. All right. We'll uh, do some calls here in just a moment. But, uh, Richie Bristol, hello. How are you? Hello. Hey, so are you giving me a ride home later? Sure. That's fantastic. If you can handle
6: we it. We oh, owe, Richie, well, and by we, I mean you. We discussed it, and we want to have, you know, one last bonding time before Christmas because this is the last time we'll see each other.
5: It's true because you're going to Bremerton mm-hmm. tonight, tomorrow?
6: Uh, tomorrow morning. All
5: right, tomorrow morning. And, Richie, what's your deal for... The holidays? My yeah.
7: uh, I spend it with my Asian relatives.
5: But, I mean, here or somewhere else? Here. Okay, so you're staying in town. I mean, I'll be – I'm actually unclear about whether I'm going to be going to Provo or not because the uh, – I mean, God God forbid. Uh, I think my wife's asleep by now, so I can actually – God forbid, though, that i but not – But you
6: don't have to go to Utah. I
5: mean – You know what the IRS is, Provo? What? Provo, isn't that where the main IRS office? Is? Uh, it, doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It's just a—it's a—it's just a, its a place of evil. Oh. Um, the uh, so I—I I mean I don't know what the situation is at the airport, but I mean if Thursday comes, are oh, you shaking your head? Me you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, now, we'll see. But no, no, no. But you say that now, mm-hmm. but it's got to hold. I mean, it can't hold. It has to be better by Thursday.
6: Yes, it has to be
5: for me, for me to get to go to Provo. Um, there's no way
6: you cannot not go to Provo.
5: <sighs> here's the only my final comment before we do this. But the only good thing about going to Provo this year. Is because we found the cemetery where Philo Farnsworth is buried. So I'm gonna go get my picture taken with Philo Farnsworth's uh, gravestone. That's it, baby. There's nothing else. Gonna... Oh, and I know where the kid is buried that they wrote Jay's journal about. But that's it. Are you gonna lay so... on it? No, like lay it's out, like like uh, it, like like, uh, like Matt Dillon. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So uh, so Richie, you are here today, and then yeah. presumably you will be taking us home later, and then Sarah and I are gonna have booze with you. Uh-huh. You don't have that pickup truck, do you? I'm not riding in the back of your truck like a dog. We ball. should totally no. ride
6: in the back together. That'd be fun. Oh, It'd be bonding. Yeah. We like a think common zero. animal.
5: <laughs> no, no. I drove the Subaru. It okay. drives better than the... Truck. the uh, your,
6: your maroon one?
5: Yeah, it's all-wheel drive. It's a Subaru. Yeah, Subarus are really... I mean, they're, they're the known for...
6: How would you feel about me having a post-show cocktail?
5: Well, I, and then driving I'll, home. I'll break. I'll break my diet for you. Steve. Well, he can't. He can't. He can't do that and then drive home. That would. Be well,
6: no. We, we'll wait this efficient amount
5: of time. Okay. Well, there you go. Because otherwise, because seriously, the man catches you doing that, today, and you shouldn't do it ever.
13: Ever.
5: The ever. Ma- the man catches you doing that today. They are gonna f you. But I won't be swirly. Like you have never been f before. I mean, it's so. Um. All right. So we'll get uh, phone calls here in a moment. But it's uh, time to examine who is here today and who is not. It is time for the CBS Radio Roll Call. On uh, Monday, December twenty second, this snowed in workday. All right. So of course, Sarah Dillon here today, as I knew you would be.
17: Thanks to Andy.
5: Never doubted it for a moment. Richie Bristol here today. Yes. All right. Of course, I am. Uh, I am here. All right. So how do we do this? Do we want to call? We I can see go if anyone them.
9: can.
5: We can't down? really. Uh, we can't really call the front desk. There's no one. There's no one up there. Well, I can go have them call on their extension down here. Will you do that? Can you have them, uh, yeah. can you have them sort of call the, uh, the warm line maybe one at a time? Because yeah, the regular lines are all full. Yeah.
6: Because we, we went through the studio and found so some special treats them for it. them.
5: All right. So as we proceed through this next segment, we're going to hear from some of the people who made it into CBS today, providing entertainment to the people, to the masses, delivering the amusements that only we can provide, performing a vital and necessary public service, bringing laughter to Portland. All right. So, uh, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. What's up? Hey, guys.
15: It's Mailman Brian. Hello, sir. I'm out in the elements.
5: Wait. So now is the mail actually being delivered today? Because I know you guys try to, but sometimes you know you got to just uh, you yes. got to throw them throw in the towel.
15: Well, listen to this. Hear that? That's me whacking it on a mailbox.
5: Come on, Peter Carlin. Hey, yes, I understand. I'm trying to figure out what it is, though. What is that? The, okay. ma- the actual mail?
15: No, no. Yes, it's frozen solid. No, I'm actually uh, standing out of uh, a box here that's a multi-unit box, and the ice... A little bit of uh, freezing rain we had yesterday has put a nice sheen on everything, and I re- it requires a hammer or other device to uh, get into the boxes.
5: So. Right. So this is so now. Uh, what is the deal when the mail kind of can't? When, like, when you guys find that just like enough is enough, screw this. We we can't get it delivered. Um, what is the, is that a case by case basis, or does like the the postmaster general guy like send out a text saying like f this?
15: I don't know. It was kind of weird this morning. We were what? Yeah, my 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 uh, thing is telling me I did something wrong here. Um, we uh, well, we were waiting this morning. Our our trucks that bring our mail the mail to our particular office in Lake Oswego here were about were running late, uh, to say the least. And we had very little mail to deliver. And uh, it was a choice. You know, Who's going to make a call here? And they said, Well, you know, don't do anything unsafe, which pretty much for anybody means stepping foot outside your door. Yeah, that's mail. like attempting
5: to walk or move or to do anything at all.
15: Right. So. Yeah. Anyways, uh, they we finally got the word we can go ahead and try and deliver. And the route I'm on today is fairly level. Although I got to say, you know, seriously, folks, if you're out there and you don't have to be anywhere, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to your radio. Have a have a hot toddy or one of those uh, rum buttered rum drinks. Uh, I sure I sure wish I could. But uh, yeah, the mail delivery it's kind of an on call basis as to who. Who's able to deliver? I know some of my friends up in the higher elevations are not going to be delivered just because you can't get any traction or, you know, there's no way to physically do it. uh,
5: Well, thank you for doing what you do, sir.
15: Oh, you're welcome. I just wanted to wish everybody happy holidays. Sarah, be careful on your journey north. Uh, we would miss you if something were to happen. And
5: you don't want to, I'm really, Bremerton's not worth it. I mean, it's one thing if you're...
6: Oh. But my sister's there, and I never get to see her. She's worth it. I'm
5: just saying, I mean, it's, it's not like you're going to see The Who or something. I mean, dying on the way to Bremerton, that's a, that's, that is really a, that's a, that's an exchange that just doesn't add up At least
6: I will be heading toward people I love.
5: That's true. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Um, so this is Jim Roop, so we will uh, speak with Jim Roop in just a moment, but before we do anything else, for, uh, welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. From upstairs, uh, one of our stellar account executives, Dominique, who's here today. Hello. Hi, how are you? How are you today? I'm well, you. So you're here. I am, barely. So, now, don't get me wrong, we're glad to see you, but what is that about?
18: Um. Well, I was off a lot last week because of the school closures, so I figured I had somebody drive me in, I might as well... You know?
5: All right, and so you have a uh, a friend who was a a, a friend who was a, accompanied you or brought you to work, and and who, by the way, so I saw and his name is Jeff, and I saw Jeff this morning, and all, for the really for all the world looks exactly like somebody else, and I thought you were in fact somebody else this morning, so but you're not you're like Jeff. who this guy named John. Uh, so th- that I actually thought it was you, and it's a story nobody really cares about. But I told Sarah, I'm like, yeah, and I saw this guy upstairs, and I totally thought he was this John guy, and then I shook his hand, and I realized he's not John. He's like some guy named Jeff, and it was all very awkward, and I don't think he noticed. But now you know he didn't notice. All right. He, so where whereabouts do you, where do you live?
18: I live up in Oregon City.
5: In Oregon City,
18: mm-hmm, but uh, that's like
5: 25 minutes of the best of circumstances. I
18: know, and I can't I can't get my car out, so he. He drives in this stuff all the time. So, right.
5: so oh can God. I tell you though, this is why CBS remains head and shoulders above the competition. That's right.
6: We're um, kicking their butts today.
5: That's exactly what uh-huh. I'm saying, <coughs> Intercom. <laughs> so I'm just saying there are those of us <laughs> who I mean, feel like uh, they feel like you know the uh, like, do or do not. That's exactly. There is no try, and you are not an American. You are an American. Okay, I am American. All right. But so. I'm not
18: setting precedents. Don't don't. This is this is not the norm.
5: I'm, you know, but I'm, just, but you, I'm I here say, because of him. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with being <laughs> exceptional. There's nothing wrong with being not the norm.
18: <laughs> Only if it makes me more money.
5: That, that's right? what I'm talking about. That's there right. you go. On All that right. note, uh, okay. so as you may know, we have a, uh, a I would say, a, a fairly uh, a fairly intensely loyal audience, and uh, who you know embraces our uh, embraces our many sponsors and advertisers. If someone would like to. Uh, Buy advertising. If someone has a business, that they're listening and they're mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. by God, that's a company that get things gets things done. That's an industry. That's a corporation. That's a group of people who know how to make things work. How would they contact you to buy advertising?
18: Uh, Dominique at, what is it, Dominique.Hoffman at CBSRadio.com.
5: All right. And, uh, and no
18: hate mail, please.
5: Dominic, no, 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 there's nothing, nothing, no. But no, no, no.
18: nothing but love, nothing but love,
5: Dominique.hoffman at cbsradio.com, oh, all right, well That's be right. safe uh, you're driving home, and thank you, you for, coming uh, thanks for coming down a few minutes me. with yeah, us, yeah, right. thanks, you too go bad go, my,
18: my, my boss is in Hawaii,
5: uh, you know, you what? I could have
18: gone a long way with that, you know what,
5: I'll pull this off the logger and I'll an send him the air check, thank you, I'll have Richie send the air check, excellent, thank you,
8: thanks guys, oh Lacey is here today too, Lacey
5: Turner is here as well, we'll bring her on in just a moment, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, I'm Radio Correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir.
4: And a very good Monday to you, sir. You guys must be just deep in it.
5: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Indian, yeah, the whole city is sort, of, uh, uh, sort of sort of locked down under this. I'm just...
4: impressed
15: you're there.
5: Uh, oh, by the way, Sarah wants me to note that you're listening to KCMD Portland, a proud part of the CBS radio family. um well done. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's all kidding aside. I mean, I not want to be too like, you know, all but the glory of us for. But I mean, first of all, what am I going to do? I mean, my wife, my wife who has a much harder job than I do. My wife is a nurse. And so she, you know, she has a job that is truly difficult as much as we sort of kvetch about radio sometimes. Uh, you, you know, all things being equal, we've had a bit of a, a bit of a month. But all things being equal, you know, in radio, you're kind of paid to sit and just bump your gums. And I can't complain too much about that. Uh, my wife has a job that is truly, truly difficult. And she went to work Saturday evening and just got home this morning. And so I'm not allowed to complain. And frankly, she's at home, you know, in a coma for probably the next 10 or 16 hours. And so there was really nothing for me to do but just sit around and eat Pringles and play more Xbox. And I did enough of that this weekend, like to last me for a week. <laughs> So in any event, so here we are uh, because entertainment never stops, Jim. I hear you, man. So, well, what do you? Well, and I'm not even going to ask you what the weather's like where you are. Uh, no,
4: it's rainy and cold. I mean, not as bad. I mean, we. Are got, you
5: lying? Are you just saying that to make us feel better? No,
4: it's it's sure, it's rainy and it's about uh, I don't know 52, 53. That's cold here.
5: Well, you know, it's like I talked to Amanda Moyer, and she was like, well, I don't know, a couple of days ago it was 73 degrees, and uh, so well. It, so we're they, in atlanta the, i think so she was saying it was really really warm and now it's like i don't know it's like 49 degrees or something there so um Those
4: people nuts
5: so as, as we sort of as we sort of draw near the holidays they i mean it, i think the memo goes out that like now is the time to be rolling out your holiday human interest stories and there really are only two kinds of of human interest stories for the holidays there are the heartwarming kind and then there's the, boy, after hearing this, I'm going to go home and give myself a belt of Yukon Jack right out of the freezer kind. Which kind have you drawn this year, Jim? Well,
4: I've drawn both, but lately it seems like they've been, uh, you know, the looking for a drink kind of uh, uh, stories. You know, the latest one I did, and I think it was released this morning, was the uh, depression that senior citizens go through this time of year for various reasons. Right. I mean, it's, it's tough enough getting old. And I think, in most psychologists with whom I spoke over the past couple of days, said that it's this time of year where older people
5: really feel their age. In the uh, how so?
4: Well, they th- they realize how unable they are now. They can't climb the ladder to string uh, uh, right. the lights. Uh, in fact, the families dump them off in those old folks' homes. Sure. The families don't come visit them uh, often enough, and, and they realize how much they have to be cared for. Uh, I mean, anything from, you know, like not being able to string up lights to needing assistance to, uh, to go to the bathroom. And it's it's that lack of family. It's remembering what Christmas used to be or the holidays used to be and what they are now that, that sinks them into this depression. And so senior citizen homes are just doing their best to keep these folks as busy as possible Try to keep their minds off of it, but then it's that nighttime that really. Well, really and gets to
5: them. you know, and then you're in an old folks home, which is you know, and it's easy to paint all those places with a broad brush. And let's you know, there are good ones and bad ones. And well, good. I
4: visited quite a few yeah. doing this
5: story, and
4: um, you know, a lot of them are the same.
5: Well, you know, yeah. and then there's just some guy giving you pumpkin gruel. You know, here you go, have some uh, have some gingerbread yeah. mush. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Mrs. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know, it's great game. that
4: you know people go like they take kids to go caroling at the old folks home and stuff. But you know what? Depending upon the age of the kids. These kids are afraid
5: in there. Sure. Well, because nursing homes can be. I'll tell you this. um, When I was a kid, uh, it's sort of something that I can sort of respect now, but at the time it was horrifying. My parents had this. My parents had a band when I was growing up. My parents had a country western band. Back then we didn't call it country. We still country western. And so my parents had the country western band, and then we got dragged all over the god damn northwest just playing everywhere like literally playing in barns in barns for you know just hillbilly nitwits in towns that were so small literally towns with no stop lights no stop signs i mean where everybody knew everybody and but but the other place that we would always play around the holidays we'd go to nursing homes and so there's my parents you know they're playing kind of the old like hank senior and you know ernest tub and all these kind of old classic country songs for these you know these kind of old folks in the home and 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 it 's a thing that you feel retrospective guilt about, because at the time, as a kid you 're just the whole place is just so terrifying and off putting, and it just seems like just such a just such a big pile of bad, and you kind of feel bad about it later because you just want to leave. That was my thing. I remember we go there and it 's like I just wanted to get out of there, so you know and of course, I was you know still had my youth and was able to get out of there and you you, you do kind of grow up and realize that there 's any number of people that you know, they they do as you say. They uh, you know they spend spend the holidays in a place that maybe is not not ideal. So. Yeah. Uh,
4: and, and a quick connection here. Uh, my mom w- did that too. She w- sang on a, a show uh, in Cincinnati called the Midwestern Hayride with a guy named Gene Price, the Mount mm-hmm. mountain Sound. They called him, So look at that. We got something in common. It's yeah. amazing.
5: You know, and it's a thing that I sort of think now. I think it's kind of cool uh because you know my parents would play on these bars. And I'd be like 10 or 12 years of age and I would be falling asleep, you know, in the in the back storeroom of some, some, you know, broken ass bar somewhere, uh, you know, until 2 a.m. And then I'd have to like, all right, kid, help me load this PV column speaker into the back of the truck. And just 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 hating every moment of it. But now I can kind of see that it was sort of an interesting way to spend a you know chunk of my childhood. Um, I
4: never had to go. I just watched my mom on the uh, TV on Saturday afternoon.
5: Hey, I'll tell you this. To this day, I can uh, I can perform about forty percent of the catalog of Hank Williams C. So that. That's beautiful, man. It, real quickly, actually, before we, before we go, uh, we were going to do this anyway. We're doing this sort of CBS roll call where we're acknowledging all the folks who made it into the office today. <laughs> and among them is our public affairs director, Lacey Turner,
8: who also toured in the Midwest with. Uh, um with a theater group over the holidays to nursing homes
5: like as a as a youth
8: uh well actually after college all right so you know i'm one of those failed theater majors but the the good sign was when they did not pull their hearing aids out that was really really demoralizing when the, when
5: the guys sort of surreptitiously volume zero but you know what in in uh
4: yeah I think I take, I take oh, never man be that as it may when 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 you're in a nursing home and you're doing something for the old folks and you hear them talking to each other, what was that they said seriously, you know it's Tuesday, oh, I know it's Tuesday, but what was that you know i mean you it's, that's the kind of stuff you hear. It's really, really kind of entertaining, but in talking to some of these uh, therapists that work at these nursing homes, they're saying they envy at this time of year the dementia patients because they don't
5: know oh in their head, it's always nineteen like sixty one yeah
4: yeah and they're unaware that they can't do anymore, so it's it's really sad to see those whose whose brains are such uh who who are the brains are so vibrant and the body's working against, yeah, them.
8: but my little nieces been their their school orchestra, they go around in nursing homes in the Salem, woodburn, Hubbard area. The people love it. Well, how old are they? They absolutely love it. Um, 10, 11, and 14.
5: Well, they still have the cute Yeah, characters. And see, that 14-year-old, this is going to be like the last year that happens. That's, you uh,
8: are such a downer.
5: I'm just, you know, you. When they
4: get to high school age, man, you know, it's, it's. I don't know what it is about high school kids, but a lot of stuff becomes uncool, and it not only that, but it becomes a chore.
5: Well, and I think also when you enter your teenage years really proper, there is almost like this surgical uh, excising of your empathy gene that then doesn't get put back until you're about 25. I
4: think so, you're right. Yeah. I think 25 is that magic age. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, right. it's
5: it's true. Uh, so uh, as we wrap this up, so Lacey Turner, I know you probably want to. You were nodding sagely during this. You want to probably take this opportunity to mention that this is a time to. Uh...
8: Well, I mean, you know, the 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 financial crisis is is a mess. I mean, there was a, a great cartoon in the last new yorker of uh, noah and all the animals on the ark and noah turns to his wife and says you know we're going to have to face the post-flood economy (laughs) (laughs) this is a time when when every organization that helps low-income and homeless people really needs help that's true i mean thank god multnomah county just last week believe it or not opened two new warming centers I mean,
5: what is a warming the, center? The
8: warming center. Is c- it like
5: that tent at Lollapalooza, no, but it warms God. you?
8: No, it's um, it's a, a a big building where families, in this case, can just be inside overnight. It's only for overnight. You know, this is babies but and But it's, kids just, it's and like a
5: don't freeze to death outside kind yeah, of thing.
8: Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you know, and there are more people who need that. It's, you know, and it, it's so hard to get around. Well, today, I mean, it was a total nightmare.
5: Seriously, take this advice from me. Uh, and then we gotta a skedaddle here. But take this advice from me: if you're gonna be homeless, be homeless in San Diego. No, seriously, I lived in San Diego. That is the best place to be homeless. Yeah, Mission Beach. Right? Oh, dude, yeah, any yeah, it, 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 I'm I'm completely with you on that. So, Even
4: better uh, than Beverly Hills, man. Yes.
5: Uh, so we are going to be gone uh, the bulk of, of probably the rest of this week, and we'll be returning uh, Monday. So Sarah's going to be uh, traveling, some other stuff. So uh, we'll probably not uh, speak with you until then, but uh, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to, to you and, and your family and all uh, y'all you know all y'all from all of us, uh, Jim Roop. Thank Rube. you. And we wish you all the best in the new year. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. There you go. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get some more phone calls here in a moment. Then we'll break. We'll come back with Dave Schmidtke, Lacey Turner, you made it in today.
8: I, I made it in. I have a honking big report to do for our licensing, and you you know the corporate guys in New York just really don't care about our weather.
5: <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're here to sort of speak the plain truth about <laughs> things. Lacey. She she's not
6: a not You don't That's mince
5: what you words. Like about her. I was going to say when you were talking about um, when you were talking about you know they got the old folks' homes and the warming centers and food banks and you know, right. everybody can take it in the shorts. I was going to say that you're actually like the sole truly good person here. I mean, everybody else, we're all various shades of bad, but that you're a truly good person?
8: Well, I have been in radio 33 years, so considering what's gone on in the media, I, I'm i am a hardened bitch in some areas. But then I was actually going to say... Lacey's
5: <laughs> scary.
8: <laughs> my, well,
5: my wife and I were at Powell this weekend, and we ran into lazy there, actually. Uh, my wife, by the way, was desperately trying to hide the fact that she was buying the final Twilight book, because... You talk to Lacey you know, for like five seconds, and you know, you can tell you're a smart person. And so my my <laughs> wife knows that you travel, and she just got back from South America. So yeah. the whole time we were, we were talking to you in the bookstore this weekend, my wife, really hilarious if you were me and could see what was going on. My wife is talking to Lacey this weekend, and my wife's trying to be like, so tell me about Nepal. Where are you going to travel next? Tell me about Cambodia. And my wife is trying to tuck the Twilight book under her coat so that Lacey can't see what she's buying, which was great. Um, but after we left, I told Lara, I said that, in addition to really being the good person here, you are, in fact, the most <laughs> profane person at CBS Radio. I mean, and I'm taking into account all the bastards who work down here. You are the most profane person in the oh, building. I am not. Which you are, which is glorious. You should embrace it.
8: Oh, okay. You should absolutely embrace it. All right. It. No, well, it's actually, thing. considering how old I am, I think that I do deserve more respect, though, from everyone in the basement. Well, that's not going to happen. But, <laughs> all right. Merry
5: Christmas. Happy holidays, Lacey.
8: Same
5: to you. It's right. We'll get these calls. We'll break. We'll come back with Dave Schmitke and more of the CBS Roll Call. Uh, hello, sir, madam, as the case may be.
16: It is Dante, the cab driver. Hello, sir. How are you? I am working, and it is snowing, and It sucks. Uh, That's so, all
5: right so wait now you are so you're uh, you're driving a cab right now and so what this morning when i was kind of weighing the whole do i drive do i take the bus and before i realized that the the ice was so thick on my windshield it was sort of you know it was kind of a moot point my wife said we should take a cab and i think I actually just laughed she said take a cab and i sort of snorted derisively because i i suspected that, that maybe i'm wrong about this i was guessing the wait for a cab was like 3 hours
3: you are correct sir. yeah it so is about 3 hour wait
5: yeah, so that's if you're trying to take a cab uh, today, uh, call early, call often, because the idea that you're going to be able to call a cab and have it show up—that is, uh, that's foolish. This
16: is true. I also wanted to tail onto the uh, dovetail into what Lacey was saying about people in need of help and stuff, and let you know that the Radio Cab Foundation is giving away uh, meals for the holidays. They do this every year. They're doing the uh, whole turkey dinner thing, mm-hmm. and so if anybody needs. I think there are still folks down there that are passing out uh, meals for the hungry.
5: And this is at the Radio, radio Cab Center, which is on, I know, right. it's by Slabtown. I can never remember the address. Yeah, 16th and Kearney. 16th and Kearney? Yes, All right, so, correct. All right, so excellent. All right, thank you, sir. Drive safe. Happy holidays. Thank you. Right, there it. you go. Uh-huh. That's like uh, that homeless guy, wasn't last year, a couple of years, a couple of Thanksgivings ago, and clearly he was like a real homeless guy, like he was old and kind of grizzled and whatever, and he had the... The kind of Thanksgiving meal that obviously came from the shelter it was like the it's like this sort of aluminum foil. it's kind of like one of the, it's like a pie pan out of aluminum foil and he had like you know the turkey and the stomach or whatever and he actually colored me on the street he must have been 60 he colored me and he goes and he, he didn't even ask ask me anything he just said what's a turkey without red wine and i said here you go sir and i gave him like five bucks hi you're on the rick emerson show what's up
3: hey guys happy holidays and happy holidays to tim riley as well indeed sir uh i am also making the uh slog north on i5 this weekend and i just wanted to pass along to miss dylan uh, a little bit of advice that i keep close to me from my uncle larry during these times he would kind of put his hands on his hips and he would stare at the ground and he would shake his head and he'd raise his eyes to meet mine and he would say tim if you're ever trapped in your car for longer than 24 to 48 hours, do not be too proud to crap your pants. And the little glass vial goes into the gun like a battery.
6: Any reference to Repo is wow. a good day.
5: Uh, hello. Hi. I'm the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
6: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rick, this is uh,
16: Arizona Frank, and I was just calling to wish my radio family a, a warm
15: and uh, – just wonderful Christmas season, no matter where you spend it.
5: So this is actually you, Frank. Frank, uh, Frank and his uh, lovely wife. Sarah drove here from Arizona to see Richie Bristol's director. Are you still in town?
15: We are snowed in, Rick.
5: Oh. Snowed and, you know, in. that's got to suck, especially. Uh, well, let me ask you this. If you uh, you know, you used to live here, but, I mean, if you live in Arizona for any length of time. Does it make a day like today even worse or more magical somehow?
16: More magical. Oh. Uh, we've actually really enjoyed uh, the... The process of not being able to go anywhere except uh, by foot or four-wheel drive. It's uh, it's not something, uh, you know, that happens regularly in our lives. And so it is. It does make it more magical. And our dogs are just having just a whale of a time just running, you know, knee-deep and uh, sometimes torso-deep in the snow.
5: It's, it's they, just, uh, great. It is weird how dogs, uh, you know, especially dogs who have never seen the snow, Sometimes Absolutely. you can tell they just got some weird genetic programming from some ancestor of theirs to embrace it. So, all right, well, stay safe, dry. Happy holidays, my friend, to you and thank your wife you as well.
16: Thank you, and I uh, appreciate it. And, uh, of course, to Mr. Riley and, and all of those brave souls who did make it in today. Uh, and I'm, you know, less worried about the ones that are home nice, safe, and warm. But you guys, uh, just uh, damn, best damn show ever. And uh, may everything good happen uh,
15: to you and yours and uh, Mr. Riley, of course.
5: All right, thank you, sir. There you go. By the way, if you want to see a picture of Tim Riley and all of his splendor, uh, you go to the Today's Oregonian, although I haven't seen it yet. I haven't <laughs> seen it either. I guess the front page of the Living Section, big article about uh, about us and the show and, and Tim, and the layoff and sort of having the, the news folks in. And I guess it's a picture of Tim blogging at home wearing a tie. And I did see on, uh, you go to Tim's website as well, RileyLive.com. I don't know when the last time you went to Tim's website was, there's two great folks. First of all, there's a picture of McGee, his Dalmatian. I believe uh, outside
6: yeah, McGee's Mces Domission,
5: yeah, and it's like in front of these sort of like wrought iron gates, and you can sort of see like the mansion like uh home in which Tim lives, and then there's another photo of he said like here's the view of this reporter's street you know from down from standing in the corner or whatever, and it, Tim really does live in some like he lives right next door to Mr. Potter from it's a wonderful Life. You can tell uh, Tim lives in some some sort of like uh you know not just gated off but like fortified community into which commenters uh, like myself uh, were, were not admitted. All right, uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back after this with uh, Dave Schmidtke, Laid Off Portland Media Professional, filling in for Laid Off Portland Media Professional Tim Riley. Uh, Later on, more of your phone calls. As well, it is Monday the 22nd. Uh, We're live here in Portland. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
0: Now I want to die. <laughs>
19: Bring
0: me way down. I'll be
5: fine. Those poor people who
0: had I the <laughs> not Beautiful song, though. Oh, it's
5: bringing me way down. Thanks, Dolly.
3: This is like Maybe that time.
0: Like, we play the most Maybe depressing I'll song, some fun Yeah. Maybe I'll meet
9: and make
5: nice. This is like that time that Matt Peterson played If We Make It Through December by Merle Haggard, which is all about like a, an unemployed family living in a boxcar. Great. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, Dave now,
2: From the CBS Radio Center in downtown
5: Portland, this is the news. We're definitely taking that whole thing out on post. Wow. Now oh, I want to drink no. some. And that it's apple wine. That's the detail that really kills you in that chorus uh, when she sings about drinking some apple wine. That's the, uh, that's the ring of truth is what that is. Yeah, I've never heard
13: that song before.
6: That's oh, beautiful.
5: It's a beautiful it's song. A, it's a good,
6: good movie too. I liked it a lot. It's
13: That's in a movie. That's mm. Little Horror House in Texas.
5: Oh, really? Um, it's a it's quite a it's quite a great song. But yeah, I always forget what a buzz buzzkill it is. We did this top five we last always, year.
6: Every year we think it's a good idea, and then we play it and regret it.
5: We sort of recreate this scene, yeah, every December. And last year I think we did the top five. We did the uh, top, top five, five most depressing most depressing Christmas songs, including so that you don't really ever you know you hear them you don't realize they're depressing and like the one is I'll be home for Christmas mm-hmm. which people always hear but then you people always kind of overlook that last line about the if only in my dreams but because clearly it's someone who will not be home for Christmas and uh so I was I was actually as I was trudging my way from the bus stop half a mile away to CBS this morning I was listening to the uh the Frank Sinatra Christmas album and that I'll be home for Christmas came on. just a beautiful song but boy don't listen to that when you got a gun in the house uh all right, here is Dave Schmidty with your news.
13: Well, we're talking about the uh, the season where I think that means it's time for Joy of Christmas. Now, that is funny, I must say, for this story, because we're going to Edmonton here, where Santa is not feeling quite so jolly after watching people repeatedly sneak free pictures of him at the mall. That's right, Lyle Young, a professional Santa at the Millwood Town Center, uh, said up to three parents per day this year have bucked the system and snapped their own photos with cell phones and personal cameras.
5: Where is this at? I mean, I'm assuming it happens in lots
13: of places. Where is this specific Edmonton, story? Edmonton. Edmonton. Alberta? I believe Canada? so. Yes, yes, I was, yes.
5: I thought that in Canada they were a good, you know, they were good,
13: decent people. Yeah, go right, ahead, right eh?
5: Just take the picture, eh? Don't, don't worry about it. With your beady eyes and your flapping heads. Uh, so is that the deal where, is that the deal where, like, somebody will, like, it's a forced perspectives thing where somebody will, like, sort of pose like 10 or 15 feet in front of Santa, but they'll pose to so what kind of looks like from the lap. Oh, and then oh the, parent, yeah. the parent snaps the photo, and they kind of figure it out in Photoshop later. You can
13: make yourself like, look much larger than Santa that way. I know? had
5: a friend of mine who will not identify, <coughs> Jody <Johnny>, who when <laughs> uh, sci-fi, speaking of Star Trek, sci-fi actor uh, Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher, and he's also written some books, he was in town at Powell's, and he had this book, and she's a huge uh, Will Wheaton fan. She's a big on him But the deal was, you know, if you wanted to get your picture taken with him or whatever, like you had to buy the book. And she went to buy the book. But she did, she literally she did this thing, like for the beginning of Say Anything, where her friend kind of got around on the other side of Will Wheaton's table about twenty feet away, and Will Wheaton's sitting, you know, here on the right. The photographer guy is sitting over here on the left, and Joni kinda walks between the two of them and turns and then strikes a pose for just long enough for the guy to go <laughs> and take the photo. And that's what's up on that her website. Just hilarious. It's fantastic. <laughs> so I think that's what's going on here, but not Will Wheaton, Wheaton so much as a uh, you know, Santa.
13: Well apparently here you can you can sit on Santa's lap for free. So that 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 offer's still there for nothing that's gratis but if you want to have a, a picture taken that you keep it's 14 bucks
5: Hello, jimmy if you'd like a memento of our special time, that'll be $14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> been into
13: a Turkish sauna, Jimmy. Uh, that's another
5: thing. That photo get. is, uh, that costs more than, that costs a lot. That costs $14,000, and that's if you want the negatives of that. Um, yes. Do we have yeah. more for Joy of Christmas, or is that it?
13: That's our Joy of Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish
0: you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and
5: by the way, uh, I want to uh, want to commend the way you do that because the way you're doing that intro and outro sounds just like the pigs in
13: space. <laughs> pigs in space. Exactly. All right. Here's Dave Schmidt-Keegan for the laid-off Tim Riley today. That's right. We do have some more local news, too. Did you did you see this video the other day in Seattle about these two buses? Now see, I've I, avoided I
5: it. I saw the headline. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, sir, I
13: didn't click on it. It's, if you have a fear of heights, it's not it's not a story you want to watch because it's it's right alongside the the uh, the I five you know going through the main drag through Seattle there. Right. and Slick Street bus lost control, hit another bus, knocked it over the uh, guardrail. Oh. So it's literally doing one of those teeter teeter totters wow. where half of it is hanging about forty feet above the uh, interstate. And you're thinking everybody's slowly trying to inch to the back. Totally, everybody scrambled to the back of
5: the bus, but slow.
13: <laughs> oh,
5: so freaky! Uh, my wife
13: has this story
5: that she tells, and she actually she herself will, will will admit that she doesn't know if it's real or if she saw it on TV at a young age. You know, in, in other words, if if it was if it was a news story, if it was a television show, she's not quite sure. But she has this memory, living in Florida, uh, where she did for a couple years, of watching TV as a very small child and seeing something like that, where it was like guardrail or the bridge had gone out or something, and that boss like. <laughs> teeter-tottering back and forth. And she said that just traumatized her for years. So I like Sarah. It's like when someone sends us stories and say, like, hey, click on this to see the biggest spider ever. Oh, like
6: the fingertip thing? I still can't unsee that. And that's been months.
5: Pe- people, you Finger, people... You want to see it? Fingertip thing? People, it? Here's the thing. People send uh-huh. us... Uh-huh. I don't think it'll bother you. You strike me as the kind of guy that wouldn't be bothered by this photograph that some folks sent us. But people send us awful pictures. I'm not and, not. and I don't mean like necessarily crude or scatological although we get some of those but i mean really just like, things
6: that you would not choose to see
5: like a right. spider the size of a dinner plate some guy sent us that mm. one time um or uh we get a lot of things about like scary underwater sea creatures that national geographic has just they sent us this thing the other day They national geographic just discovered this squid that has elbows like it's got bendable it's got it's got joints in its in its uh, uh in its uh tentacles And then also it's got a head that makes it look for all the world like the Queen Alien in James Cameron's Aliens film. And it's terrifying. And I wish I had not looked at it. But people send us that all the time. So people will send us like, hey, look at this bus that's about to fall off an overpass. (laughs) (laughs) That's the implied laugh. And Sarah and I opt not to look at those things Mm -hmm.
13: sometimes. Well, yeah, you know, it's like when they had those faces of death tapes, you know, years ago. And uh well, I used to work at a CBS affiliate in Eugene and it had the news feeds that would come down every and this happened about 10 years ago some councilman in in Utah I think it was uh was about to be busted for corruption or something oh, like that it was Bud Dwyer
5: and it was in uh Pennsylvania I believe
13: Wow you have a mind like a steel trap my friend Only for things that are awful His Wait, name was Bud Dwyer That the guy who called the press conference Yeah and then he walks up everybody everybody rolling everybody ready okay Puts the gun in his mouth, boom. Oh, it's, I mean, it. it,
5: it I was going to say it's fantastic. That sounds wrong. It really is an ex, It's an unbelievable piece of, of footage, though. And it's, um. Uh, now somebody's going to call up and correct me about whether, I want to say Pennsylvania, but it could be wrong. But his name is Bud Dwyer. And he basically, the, the allegations were that he'd been taking all this money, like, across the desk. Right. So he calls, you go back and you watch it, and it's like ten times creepier when you know the whole backstory. Because he calls this press conference where he's going to, like, address these, uh, you know, these these sort of uh, allegations of corruption and graft and scandal and whatnot, and uh, controversy. And he starts the press conference by, like, handing out a bunch of manila envelopes yeah, to his please. staff. And it turns out later it was like, sorry about the blood, but, you know, uh, you know, or sort of like a, I would like to be put inside a pepper mill once cremated. Thank you. And so there are all these, like, suicide notes that were just in manila envelopes, but nobody really realizes that. So they're thinking, Christmas bonus. And so he's calling this press conference, and they're live on television, Mm -hmm. And he says, he's doing this, so anyway, as you know, I've been dogged by... And he's got this manila envelope in his hand, dogged by scandal and corruption, and here's a gun! (laughs) You know, and just like, dead, right there on television. And the amazing thing is, this is the sort of thing that you have to give sort of these dark accolades to. The camera guy keeps rolling the whole time and stays focused on him, even though the guy pulls out a .357, 10 feet away. The camera guy stays on him the whole time. And that was there was only there were like three different stations, but I think only one station was actually carrying it live mm-hmm. and here's the other horrible thing. you're really in my wheelhouse now with awful pop culture and things. <laughs> okay. Here's the really horrible
0: <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
5: the the horrible thing about that event, apart from the obvious guy killed himself on live television, is that it was a snow day, so all the kids were out of school home watching and oh, I think okay. and I think normally that's like when cartoons were on or something. And so there's this whole generation of kids who are just completely just warped and traumatized from that incident because they were home like looking for Bugs Bunny and like, oh, hey, look, it's a guy with no head.
13: Yeah. So, Mommy, why does man have raspberry jelly coming out of his nose? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So it's, that's, a, that's one of those things that hits the
5: pop culture consciousness, and you will, you will still every now and again... You know, run across some guy who was like, yeah, I was eight years old and I saw that. That was messed up.
13: So, yeah, it's a weird thing. Well, when you said that you guys had this photo that you you saw that you wished you hadn't seen, made me think of that because we had a photographer when this came down the feed. Oh, I'm going to check that out. And I'm like, don't do not do that, mm. dude. Don't, don't want to watch look. it. Don't look at it. And he comes out of the feed room later going, you know, you're right. I should not. Have I shouldn't have done that. Speaking of things that people probably should not have done, time for clergy watch here's your clergy watch for monday on the rick emerson show
5: with your clergy watch for monday it's dave schmidtke
13: a clergyman required treatment at a Sheffield hospital to remove a potato that was stuck up his bottom. <laughs> I'm not making this up, really. Okay. Um, he claimed it got there after, uh, this is my favorite part is the excuse, not so much that the potato was wound up where it was, but he uh, he claimed it got there after he fell onto the vegetable <laughs> while naked. But I mean... Well, you know, you know, because you may accidentally go home and do this and I want to save you And this happens. This is preventative. Yes. Yeah. This is this is this is very important because um, public service you're doing. (laughs) He was in his fifties. Told nurses that he was hanging curtains in the nude. Like you do. Well, you know, just the other day (laughs) when he fell backwards onto the kitchen table. Uh, He was very clear that this was in no way, shape, or form a sex game. Uh, The clergyman had to undergo a delicate operation to extract the vegetable. One of a range of odd items medics in Sheffield have had to remove. And I don't know if you want me to read the whole list. Oh, what do you (laughs) think? Okay, all right. This part is actually (laughs) just a laughter. (laughs) Okay, can of deodorant. Uh, Cucumber. Not a real surprise there. Russian doll. Like the nesting doll? I'm not sure the ones that, that you... you did, did they have to remove them from yeah.
5: a series of progressively smaller
13: anuses? <laughs> it <must> be like... <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just wondering. I. Yeah. These are uh, scientific inquiries yeah. that I have. But my favorite one on the list, though, is the last one. A carnation. Like the flower?
5: Yeah. Well, that I'm almost. Sure? that's almost impressive, though. I mean... How, know, would even, how would you even... How would you even... Well, I'm right. saying but it's like it's that's not a firm uh, object. That's not, right. That's a soft... It, that would take some work, it would seem. That's like shooting pool with a rope or something. There's, I don't even know. How would you even do that? You know what I mean? That's almost like.
6: That doesn't seem like it would. Never mind. Like you
5: almost want to be like, well done. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, we have these stories every now and again where a guy, usually a vacuum cleaner, and, uh-huh. it's, and it's the same thing. It's always, I was da 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 nude. Tripped. Tripped. Mm-hmm. And lodged myself inside the Hoover. Uh, these stores are always that, always that way. But they do have the internet now. You know, you. It, how old is he? Fifty something. Fifty in his fifties. Well, he's from an earlier time. He, you know, you don't. I don't need to use a potato. I would imagine. I. I think they have science now. There are other things you could use.
6: I mean, it doesn't seem like. I don't know. Like a potato just seems a really random thing.
5: It seems aesthetically. Um, it doesn't seem like, in a tactile sense, a potato is really your best choice.
13: And how many people have a potato that just happen to be sitting there on their countertop by itself in, in a position to which that would be physically even possible? And I'm assuming greased up with something. So,
5: <laughs> Well, on that note, there's your clergy watch for Monday. Clergy watch. Because i got to have By the way, I should say, uh, for the record here on here, how grateful we are for you uh, coming in today because I know it was a, a you know just a bad day out there and where, I, I don't think even I asked you where you're driving from
13: today. Well, we actually uh, my my wife works at KETU Channel Two and she does the AM Northwest show and so we left uh, East Vancouver this morning at about five thirty or so. Uh, and I'm not a pretty sight at that time. Definitely right. not a morning person. And then went and did the show, and then you know skewed it over here from there. So
6: and your lovely wife is here.
13: Yes, she Being is. Tortured by the show. She is. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you on a scale of one to ten how horrified by this program you thought she probably oh, was. Oh no, she she listens to the program, loves the show. She's Me too. Famous. You know, I saw her. I'm just like, <gasps> <laughs> she's in her so famous, <laughs> and I didn't
6: know what to say.
13: So, well, she really prefers that you kneel and then kiss the pinky, r- pinky ring, okay. actually. That well, now we know. Well, done and done. All right. Now we're Put uh, it on my Franklin planner. Happy to do it. Fun fun program. I, I like the idea of you having us uh, recently expatriated uh, media members in, and, and uh, I feel bad for, you know, uh Tim and everybody else it's got kind of nailed in the last uh couple of months. And actually I wanted to, I wanted to say actually here because we'll and then we'll
5: uh probably just go right to the right to the top here and take a break and do some stuff in the two o'clock hour. By the way, coming up next hour we will be playing uh Ebenezer I Barely knew her which is our uh then live radio drama that we did last Christmas week on this program. Um so we want to say uh, Dave Schmicky, uh can be reached D S. This is the email address D schmidtke and that is uh, we'll put it on the website. But D S H, I'm sorry DSC, DSC, H-M-I-T-K-E, DSC H-M-I-T-K-E, at Comcast dot net. And we've you have know, you done uh, all num you know all manner of things, and you you were uh, Mister Fix it on K on K E X and uh, Good Day Oregon House and Garden. Uh, or Home and Garden, rather, on Fox 12 and at Coin TV. And, you know, we have had several people. Like Heidi Tauber from KPOJ was here, and she was talking about, you know, the old thing in radio where you're there one day, and then the next day you're just gone. Right. And she was, you know, picture from the website, it, all references to her to her scrubbed. And I don't mean, you know, talk out of school, but we had this conversation on the air that people would actually call. She was the, you know, she was the sort of co-host of the Tom Hartman Show. And I think people... You know, if you listen to radio for any length of time, you notice that people get fired and people vanish. Sure. And, but I think for such a touchy-feely radio station, I think the listeners of KPOJ were a little bit shocked at how she was just immediately unpersoned, to quote George Orwell. Because, you know, the kind of, you know, the kind of granola crunchy over there. And I, and I don't think that they, I don't think they were used to that kind of, that kind of treatment of somebody on the air. And so she was just gone. And I guess listeners would call up, though. And they'd go, like, I, I'm calling. for, I was just wondering what happened to Heidi and And they would hang up and then when you listen to the podcast later they had actually they would go out and they would remove from the podcast even the mention oh, you know that's from the caller. Too bad. that's too bad and so we you know we like to give people a forum to say like here i am and if you want to get a hold of me mm-hmm. and i'm still up so um but it sounds i mean i so i don't mean to you know put you on the spot but i mean so was it just what was the what was the circumstance under this most recent well oh, it's uh,
13: happened so often i'm becoming a, a professional at it now but I, I can actually tell you with with 12 it, it was really pretty good as far as those things go it was a uh, you know uh, the whole staff we uh, you know it was basically pretty i mean it's business like but let me tell you uh, years ago in 2001 when they had the massive bloodlettings at coin uh it was ugly it was guys with guns up in the lobby i mean plain clothes guys with with pistols like actual real yeah, not not holding them, not brandishing them. Oh, you but mean like security? I yeah, mean, I... like in case somebody went, lit, 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 you know. How big uh, of
5: a firing
6: or a cleansing was it? That was
13: 30 people. 30? Wow. Yeah. In one day? Like
6: on-air production, everybody?
13: Everybody across the board. What was funny is I worked at a bureau in, in Vancouver with my photographer, John Keller, and we had driven over to, to the coin building. And so we didn't have a desk there to clean out, uh, but we had, they basically had taxis lined up out in front of the oh, place. wow. And as they canned you and gave you your severance material and whatnot, not walked out the door, that you got into a, a taxi and they, they gave you a ride home. What they didn't... It's like um, at the end of The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. What they didn't account for, though, was the cabbie's tips. Mm-hmm. And they basically had this form that said, you know, that we, the station was going to be paying for this, but we could still indicate what level of tip. So there were guys giving $100 tips, $50 oh. tips.
5: Oh, that's cheating. <laughs> wow.
6: Uh,
13: that's fantastic. See, yeah. that's a final little... Uh, hey, take that, the man. Yeah.
6: Did you ever work with Ole?
13: Yeah, Oli Austin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are the rules, and rules exist for a very. Were you guys good working reason. at Coim I at love
6: the same. that guy. He's yeah, hilarious. Oli's great. Cause Cause Sarah Sarah worked with cool. Oli and uh, Larry, and I can't remember their last name. But Larry was uh, was producing in the morning. When so now, was there.
5: were you guys at Coin at the same time? I don't no.
6: think so. I think uh. we just missed each other. Yeah, I mean, those I are mean, from like two, like 2004 to 2005. Six. When we got back on the air in 2005, right?
13: Six, 2006? 2006. Yeah. Or, so yeah, if you made a list of the people who've gone through that place. yeah, uh, I, Oh my god. I mean, seriously. There's just 30 it people in one day. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And, and and just and
5: I thought you were actually sort of speaking as like a euphemism when you said it was like guys with guns like the Saturday night massacre or whatever, but I remember the Saturday, the Valentine's Day massacre, but it really it they were that's the thing where they were really, you know, they planning against the possibility that some guy goes nuts yeah. cuz whatever, which I think actually just happened at some holiday party some not here but somewhere else where it was like a holiday party and then hey, there's a laid-off guy with a handgun. yeah, And it's 30 people is just, uh, you know, that's just just one of those things that even in the broadcast industry, which is tumultuous under the best of circumstances, you know, days like that where you just kind of go. You know, that line of cabs is such a powerful image, too. And yeah. as they're sort of processing you through one by one, here's a box, here's a check, there's a cab, goodbye.
13: Yeah, and what's funny is I inadvertently scared them because I was hoping I was hoping that I would be included in this layoff because it was so bad there. Mm-hmm. Now and I'm not re- trying to make any reflection on what it's like there now. I have no idea. Maybe a great, wonderful place to work. But back then, it was not. Owned by completely different people. Right. Uh, and so I was happy. you know. And so I started, made the mistake of starting to smile when they were laying me off. And, boy, that... That triggered some buttons. <laughs> when you start,
5: oh God, here he goes, start to smile that 's when they can see your mental sweater fraying a bit at the uh, yeah. at the
13: seams yeah this this last one at Fox I mean I, that was tough because I, I, but I can honestly say that the people who let me go, I could still would consider friends. And, and really enjoyed my time there in a really nice environment, but that's you know we've all been through that where there's some places where they're like we're sorry to tell you, but oh i'm not sorry to hear it <laughs> that's the you know and where do I send up for unemployment that's <laughs> yeah. you know
5: that that can occasionally and we you know we've again all worked at places where there's all kinds of levels there's the you know they don 't like you and you don't like them, mm-hmm. or you like working there, but they don 't like you right uh or there are also some places and I you know we we were at Fisher next door we were at the KOTK and then we were purchased by our station was purchased by Intercom so we all worked at uh, Tim and Sarah and I worked at Intercom for a while and I know it sounds like we constantly rail on Intercom and I should say that we have friends uh, that work there still but just oh, yeah. you know so we know a lot of people who are who are who are still there and you know and obviously it's a you know case by case basis sort of who you know who who we felt was sort of you know on, on our team there and who wasn't but when we went over to Intercom. I mean, I at least for myself, you kind of just got the sense like the minute they bought us, you knew that it was just sort of borrowed time. Like I felt that we were sort of like we were kind of the steak knives that came along with the car, you right. know, and they were like, well, we're going to buy this station. And also, I guess this Rick Emerson thing comes with it, too. I don't really know what that is. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you know what it is. It's like when you buy a vacuum cleaner and there's an attachment and you don't quite know. Like, honey, what is this vacuum attachment for? I don't. Is it drapes? What is this for? Does this do, is this for, like, under a cushion or inside a? I well, I guess we'll keep it. I, you know, but, like, you don't really care about it because you don't know what it does. And that's kind of how they viewed us. And so we always, at least for me, I always knew that, like, the shoe was, you know, going to drop. And then, you know, but, uh, you know, and, you know, but then there are times, and I think I haven't read today's Oregonian, but I guess, this, you know, the article probably makes pretty clear that this, you know, the, the layoff with him was actually the, you know, the, in as much as anything like that can ever be, Smooth and good, and everybody feeling relatively, you know, you know, sort of peaceful or whatever about the transition. You know, that's it it was it was the best I've ever 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 seen anything like that go, which is you know sort of a testament to a how well respected Tim is, Tim Riley, uh, and how everyone knows that he is the absolute definition of professionalism. Uh, You know, and it's also a testament to to how gracefully cbs which is the best place we've ever worked how gracefully cbs handled it and how much you know nobody really wanted it to happen it was just you know you get painted into an economic corner so so we've you know we've all gone through all different manner of those
13: well and the media is a funny one one thing that's a little different about it, other than just a layoff say say at a, i don't know i don't want to make a comparison but you know you have to, chemistry uh, in a show like this and and like when the television program that i was working on that you have a staff that, that that has that chemistry mm-hmm. and bonds together that doesn 't always happen and you know here's a here 's a company trying to hire people individually and then trying to create that chemistry so it 's especially difficult, I think when you found that because you know how rare that is sure, to really yeah. find natural chemistry and have and have people that, that bond together work together so well, so then when economics the harsh reality of the real world step in and, and break that up it 's tough wait. Hold on. You know, when you speak, if you
5: close, uh, if you close your eyes, Dave Schmitke, if I close my eyes, you sound ever so slightly like a more forceful, because you have a great voice, obviously, the great pipes, as they say, you sound like a more uh, masculine, forceful, I would say more uh, sort of, um, you have a stronger presence, you have a little bit
13: of little bit of uh, Ben Stein when you talk. Oh God, I'm not sure where you were going. With
6: Me neither, that. and you know, it just kept on going. I'm I like, just, all right, come on. No, no, no. Shit. I was trying. to
13: say I'm, George Bush. Don't no, no, say I, George
5: Bush. It's <laughs> like if Ben Stein, if Ben Stein had kind of like a like Ben Stein had like a really manly older brother. Huh. You kinda of got a little bit of that going on. I like it. Oh, All right. I know you uh, gotta run. Let's do one final uh story here if you got it, and then oh, we man. will uh we will let you be on your merry way to uh to uh you know, to head to head on out into the uh well, into the
13: frozen tundra and the uh whatever. Yeah, wherever that is. I've gotta get my uh get back over to Vancouver before they you unless know... you've already kind of packed everything up. No, around. no, no. I I've I've got it here. It's just what a goofball. I'm how about I think it's probably time for our Darwin okay. Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your Darwin Watch for Monday. The bad stuff is about to go down. Don't,
0: don't, don't. I need all my caps. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone, and another one
1: gone. Another one bites the dust,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh. My heart just stopped. Ah, there
5: it goes.
13: And with your Darwin watch, here is Dave Schmitke. No Darwin watch bumper music is complete without Ralph, of course. But uh, in that today's Darwin watch, uh, well, the headline is: Men's horseplay with shotgun provides proves fatal, <laughs> as one could very well imagine. An East Side man, and I think we're looking at, uh, this is out of Sacramento, I believe. Uh, an East Side man was charged with manslaughter after he pulled the trigger on a shotgun, killing a friend while the two horsed around Friday night. That's right. Gibran Estrada, 20, was killed about 11.40 p.m. at a home in the, well, we don't need to know the address. The fatal shooting happened when Joseph Jake Santos was showing Estrada a newly purchased shotgun at Santos' mother's home. Hey, look. I got a new shotgun. You want to play? Okay, sure. Estrada grabbed the gun, placed it under his own chin, and told Santos, shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Santos initially told police the men were, quote, playing. (laughs) When he then loaded the gun with a single shell before Estrada (laughs) shot himself. Jesus uh, you know, Even I don't know about Darwin you. by Darwin Watch standards, this is fantastic. Well, yeah, it's it's because I think, you know, really what weekend is complete without a little loaded shotgun horseplay. Uh, does it actually, I have to ask this, in the article, is the copy, does it say, does it say horsing around? Yes,
6: okay, and then he does actually say, in fact, shoot me, and this is,
5: I, there's so many great things about this the, first of all, uh, you know, we have noted on this program for some time now the constant decline and degradation of journalistic standards. yes, and we have heard the phrase horsing around show up in about three or four different news stories written by major news
13: organizations. Well, you want to know the most overused word in the journalistic world right now, the by far leader, not even anything even close, hmm. literally. Oh, yeah, and they use it wrong all the time. All the time. Always wrong. So Literally. They literally almost destroyed the building. Uh, people use literally when they mean figuratively. Yes. That's really the the bottom
5: thank, line. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's true. I, you know what? It, it, people, and we're a bunch of bunch of savages in this country. We don't know how to speak. <laughs> All right, that's that's a fantastic story to go out on. Well done. Well, sir.
13: well, thank you. It's certainly been my pleasure to meet you guys.
5: Well, Dave Schmitke. Oh,
6: thank you. It's been a pleasure to be with such a pro. I will.
5: Uh, I'll put your uh, I'll put your contact info up. Uh, it is uh, D Schmitke. That is D S C H M I T K E, at Comcast. Uh, dotnet and thank your uh, lovely wife as well for indulging our juvenile foolishness today oh. and 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 to you as well so uh, all, all kidding aside you sounded sound great thank you so much for coming in I know it's a little bit challenging out there but oh uh, you know so uh, anyway you are welcome back anytime the door is always open sir
13: thank you Rick and sir good luck driving be please be careful up to Robertson
5: tomorrow I okay, okay. will do all right happy holidays sir. happy holidays right, everyone there you go let's close it out back after this a... Don't, don't. Dibs on that line immediately. Oh yeah. Emerson radio program. It's 503 okay. uh, This song doesn't even make any sense. First of all, what is that line when they say, uh, there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas, the greatest gift they'll get this year is... new. I don't know. I, I don't know. The, because it seems like snow is really the least of your problems play. if you're in Africa in 1986.
6: And it's just like, what, so they're going to miss the snow this Christmas? It seems like, like, like food
5: might be more important. Yeah. Or shelter. Perhaps, uh, yeah. you know, maybe an incremental decrease in genocide. No, no, no. Sting wants to give them snow. Did you
6: watch Black Santa's Revenge yet? No, no. I'm just, I watched it different. three more times. Really? <laughs> I made everybody who came over to my house sit and watch it. It is hilarious. Actually, every time people laugh
5: too. Excellent. All right, I'll watch it. I'll watch because well, My wife's going to be dead to the world. She's going to be asleep and it's only drunk all day. It's so.
8: totally worth it.
5: All right, David Walker's Black Santa's Revenge, by the way. Uh, as we go through our series of laid-off Portland media professionals, f- uh, filling in for the laid-off uh, Tim Riley, we're kind of putting all their contact info up. I put up a link to David Walker, uh, formerly of Willamette Week. Uh, you can read his writings at badassmofo.com, and I put a direct link, actually, to his film, Black Santa's uh, Revenge. All right, so uh, coming up here in just a moment, we'll uh, talk to some other CBS Game Day players who have made it in today because they are professionals. Uh <laughs> Later on in the hour, we'll play uh, an encore of last year's live radio drama, uh, Ebenezer. I barely knew her. Uh, all right, let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from Rock 101 KUFO. Crystal Cash, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, and uh, Brent. Do you? Sh- are you one of those DJs that just do like the first name, or when you identify yourself, like I on used the to go by
19: Brent or
9: that <laughs> guy, a with the beard? Um, the
19: beardo. Are,
5: are these things you? Beardo, beardo,
19: Brent. beardo okay. Brent. Beardo Brent. Beardo
5: Brent. Really? <laughs> Thank
6: you. Donna no. Donna.
5: Well, that's your new name as of now. Sweet. So, and you're wearing
6: uh, a pretty bitchin' shirt. And you
5: got a Boondocks shirt, which I is love fantastic. Love the Boondocks. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are here today. Now, have you? Now, did you? Have you? Are you like? Is it like an Adam Thompson thing where you've just been here, or is it a thing where you like you actually came in today?
19: Um, I left at one this morning to go home, and then I came back at like ten this morning. See, so. that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You know,
5: that's the difference between good and great, right
14: there. <laughs> and then I came in uh, for Corolla.
5: Right. In so the morning.
19: You...
14: But I, I had to uh, come in late because I had to take the bus, and the buses don't start till like, 5.
5: Is that true? I thought they were running 24 hours a day to keep the road from doing it, something. Well, they didn't inform me. <laughs> so, it, because maybe that's just a thing that I've heard, and I'm making it up. Maybe it's not true. I Somebody told me that they run the, the MAX and the buses 24 hours a day right now because it'll keep the the ice broken up on the road.
19: I think it
14: was with the Max to keep the lines from freezing,
5: freezing or but I don't know about the bus. I'll I didn't see that.
6: any buses. I didn't see any at buses. All. Well, the only ones I saw were stranded. Right. I, mean, I didn't see any
5: actually running. And that's always kind of freaky, too. When you see the bus by the side of the road, and it's always dark and empty inside, like a metal tube of death, and you're just, <laughs> you wonder, like, what happened to all the people in there, and...
6: It's sort like, that's a po- like post-apocalyptic image.
5: Well, see, and it doesn't, by the way, can I tell you this, it doesn't help that I've been playing that Left 4 Dead game, uh, like, every single night for about three hours, because now everything I see is filtered through this prism of post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland. I
6: was talking about zombies with my friend this weekend. How scary would that be if this is the zombie apocalypse, but there's snow everywhere, so you can't run anywhere? No,
5: no, no, no. The frozen
6: zomb- zombies.
5: Uh, now, I think if Max Brooks and World War Z is to be believed, actually, wintertime is when zombies typically freeze solid. Uh, but, you know, then again, it might only be if you're above the snow line And yeah, they can't
14: stumble around because they're so slow. That's your thing. In the snow, though. they're going to be super slow. Yeah,
5: I mean, they're sort of, you know, they're, they're kind of laggards under they the vest. They don't high of, uh... step
19: through the snow. So I... this would be the best time for
5: a zombie apocalypse. That's what I'm saying, now more than ever. If not now, when? <laughs> uh, just as a brief side note, by the way, and this is the last thing I'll say about it today. So if you have been playing Left 4 Dead, and I know you have because every day I get like five or ten, like, dude, my gamer tag is Dragon Force 75X, we should play. If you've been playing Left 4 Dead, you know that there's that uh, there's the campaign called No Mercy, which is where you got to fight your way, you and your uh, three fellow survivors, you got to fight your way through the city, and then somewhere and somewhere, and then you fight your way, you go into the ground floor of a hospital, and you've got to fight your way up, floor by floor to the roof of the hospital and then wait for a helicopter to come pick you up. And, you know, the, and of course it's all, it takes place after the apocalypse has happened. So the whole city's sort of broken down and smashed everything's kind of destroyed. So I was taking my wife to work the other night and it was all cold and just like, it was what a former PD of mine used to call butt clenchingly cold. And it was just, just awful. And there had, at some point had been some accident at the hospital where my wife works and they had covered this whole section of the parking lot with police tape, but then there was all of this wind. Anyway, so I get there, and it's late at night, it's cold, it's just pitch black outside, and the wind had actually torn the hell out of all the police tape. And so I'm standing there in the middle of this parking lot in a hospital, wind, cold, not another living soul around, and this, like, shredded, dirty police tape blowing everywhere. And I did have this weird sort of, like... This weird kind of temporal shift happened in my head where I wasn't quite sure if I was asleep and actually just having a zombie dream of some kind. So it's all very. Did all you read for moving. a
14: shotgun or something?
5: Yes, yes. Well, it's you know it's like uh, we've talked about this where if you play, I used to play Super Mario Brothers when I was you know however old but I was in high school, and I would actually play for so long that you get like burn in on a television, but it would be burn in on your brain where I would then be trying to read a book later and I would just see sort of the Mario image superimposed over whatever I was doing. So. <laughs> In any event. Stop um, with the uh, sore thumbs to go with it. Totally. So you guys are here throughout the day, or are you guys going to be heading out?
19: Uh, I'm probably going to be here. We're trying to work ahead as far as music goes for KUFO, and we've got a couple different theme things going on. We have a lists thing going on over New Year's weekend, so we got to do all those. <laughs> so both of us are kind of in charge of getting that all together. Yeah, so. Good for you guys. Yeah, basically the stuff I don't want to do. I'm like, hey, Brent, (laughs) can you do this?
5: So, you know what, but you are, but you're here and you're, you know, helping the company uh, maintain forward momentum.
19: Indeed.
14: As
5: we head into fiscal quarter uh, one of 09. We are big fans of inertia. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, have you guys seen uh, Adam Thompson in the hallway?
19: Uh, he was sleeping behind a little barricade of
5: doors. doors. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I don't know who built that. I think Richie might have done it.
6: I think Adam fell asleep for a second and Richie built it around him. Well, so, those doors have been out in the hallway for, you know, months.
5: So we have the studio next to us that the Playhouse is in now, but before there was like the Brady Bunch sort of like rec room closet things in the back. Mm. And they took the doors off and just stacked them in the hallway and they've been in forever. So Adam Thompson fell asleep in the hallway because he's been here since, I like, guess, Saturday, give or take. And except for the time at Richie's, and you can't really sleep at Richie's house anyway, because you got to keep one eye one eye open <laughs> at all times. I mean, really, because you never know when.
19: Well, I don't understand why it's not just upstairs in the women's bathroom. I know that sounds bad, but there is that huge couch. No, not Richie. Oh. Adam, there's a huge couch in the women's bathroom.
5: Well, you know, somebody ought to just take that couch and move it out of the women's bathroom right. into someplace else. Yeah. just not in the hallway, else. just between the. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Somebody should do that. So, anyway, so Adam fell asleep in the hallway, and Richie created this sort of fort around him with these doors, which is uh And then we really missed out. I think next year we do... You know, if this happens again, we ought to have some sort of live video feed from in here that would then oh, be... Oh, uh, that'd be nice. You know, to help monetize our online revenue stream. <laughs> All right, so, uh Brent... Whatever your nickname was. Beard decided. over in a beard way. Way. There you go. And <laughs> Crystal Cash from Rock 101, KUFO, and the list thing, is that happening? What is what is uh, happening this week that people might want to be This
19: week, to? it's uh, starting on Wednesday. It's a three-in-a-row ho-ho-ho, so it's just going three 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 from Wednesday until Sunday, and then we're going to take two days of normal programming, and then next Wednesday, it's going to be all lists, and it's lists that we've compiled, lists that we've got from, like, Rolling Stone and Idolator and different websites, and also lists that listeners have made. So it's everything from, like, top rock villains to best albums of 2008 to songs that make you want to punch people. Like, it just depends on... Uh, but aren't you putting a list together? I was going
5: to, but I, uh, I what w- what was it going to be? It was going to be top something. You were talking to Chris about it. When do I have to have, to have it done? When Brent. when do I need <laughs> to have that submitted, Brent? Uh,
19: sometime. It depends how the obscure the songs are, and right. if you can actually. No, no, no. I'm get like them. I'm yeah. Captain
5: Mainstream, so. Okay. all right. I
14: mean, if you, and also if you just give me the songs, it's a lot easier. All
5: right, done and done. I'll work on that today. All right, Rock 101 KUFO, uh, you can, uh Crystal Cash and Brent. Uh, it's it's just gonna be Brent. I just I can't I'm fine. get with the other thing. Right. Can uh, I just
6: call you Beardo.
14: You can call me whatever as long as I get a dollar every time you make fun of That'll me. That'll
5: be your clown name. <laughs> uh, and you can find out more, of course, at KUFO.com. All right, thank you, guys. Can thank you. you? Then, you know, so be safe and, uh, and dry and, and you know and warm and all that stuff. So, uh, I'll play us in the break here. We'll come back after this with an encore presentation of last year's live Christmas radio play, Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her, on the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Back after this.
0: Christmas is the time to say I love you.
2: Show presents Avaniza, I Barely Knew her. an original production of AM 970, Solid State Radio, a proud member of the CBS Radio family. CBS is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Brought to you by Everybody's Garden Center, Eco PDX, CD Game Exchange, Super Digital, Jackpot Records, and Say, Mom, Nothing Helps Your Kids Grow Up Big and Strong Like Viso. With 17 vitamins and minerals, Viso beverages, available in 6 wholesome flavors. This is the story of Rick Emerson and how he came to understand the true meaning of Christmas. We begin our story in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. The time, 11:58. The day, Christmas Eve.
5: The Rick Emerson Show returns after this. Don't forget, we are live all day tomorrow while everybody else is running Best of's. We're here live all day Christmas Day because Rick Emerson cares. So uh, you stay right there. We'll be back after this. Don't you uh, go anywhere. Yeah, Rick Emerson
6: cares unless you work
5: for him. Oh, come on. Our holiday shows are always great.
6: It's great for you because you have no life. I could be visiting my family and Tim could be, you know...
2: Sitting at home on my $2,500 sofa, keeping the world at bay?
5: Exactly. Oh, come on. What fun is that when you can hang out here with me? Oh, yeah. What was I thinking? I'm going to go get some Easy Mac. I'm going back to my newsroom. <sighs> fine. Stupid, no work ethic, and stupid Christmas, and stupid. Hello, Rick. Lars Larson? In my studio?
14: That's impossible. You know what's impossible? Giving free healthcare to a nation of scofflaws and illegals who are too lazy to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Got cancer? Huh? Get a second job, hippie. It is you! What are you doing here? I'm here to show you the error of your ways. For if you're not careful, you'll end up like me. Bloated, bitter, fat, pig-like, chunky, coated in a viscous sheen of sweat all the time, reeking of cheese and wearing into a plastic ass. That sounds horrible. It is horrible, Rick. And that's why... In less than an hour, you will experience a tired and heavy-handed commentary on your life as you are visited by three ghosts. Ghosts. That word has new meaning for us all today. For you will learn to not be consumed with petty devotion to your career anymore, but united with Tim and Sarah in their common interest of having a life outside of work. You will declare in one voice, We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Something, something dynamite. Today will no longer be known as December 21st. Today, for the purposes of creative license and dramatic expediency, we celebrate our Christmas Day. All right, I have to go polish my guns. It is Christmas.
5: Hey, did you see that? See what? That disembodied voice. How can I see a disembodied voice? You know what I mean!
6: Are we back from break?
2: Later that program, during a commercial break, Rick is in the men's room, washing his hands and trying to convince himself that the morning's startling events were merely the delayed reaction of a bad convenience store sandwich he'd eaten earlier that day. When all of a sudden, he hears a strange sound outside the bathroom door.
5: Lars, stupid, stupid, beady-eyed sack of flowers, stupid Lars.
9: Rick!
5: What? Oh, God, no. No, it can't be.
12: I'm the ghost of Christmas past, dummy. Come out of there so I can show you all the stupid crap you did in the past that made you such an
5: insensitive jerk. But, sounds like fun, Jolly, but I'm in the middle of a show. Come on, Rick. You'll be back before break is over. But I, I'm in show mode.
12: You come out here this instant, or I'm coming in there to get you. Fine. And you better not leave the toilet seat up.
5: Fine, happy. All right, so where are we going?
8: <clears throat> Christmas Eve, 1989. Hang on
5: tight. Oh my god, it's the old high school radio station in Kennewick, and that's me.
0: Yeah, um,
5: haven't quite grown into that nose yet, have we? You shut up! I was a late bloomer. Is there a point to this? Just watch. <laughs> <makes>
1: Rick, I thought I'd find you here. Uh, Susie, what are you doing here?
5: I thought you were going to call me. We were supposed to go to that Christmas party tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. We can still make it if we leave right now. I can't leave now. I'm, I'm on the air. Um, no one's listening, Rick. That's not true. There might be. No, there's not. This is the third time you've seen me have to play Dio for no one. (laughs) Oh, look, look, the request line's ringing. What do you think of that, little miss? No one's listening.
14: Hey there, you're on the KTCV rock line. Hi. What's your name, caller? Steve. Where are you calling from, Steve? Prison. Okay, what can I do for you tonight? I like your voice. Uh-huh. Do you have a request? Can we just...
0: don't?
5: <laughs> hey, I'll get that Boston right on for you. Hey, what's your favorite radio station? I don't have a radio. Okay, hey, thanks for listening. to you, you keep on rocking. <laughs> uh, see? What do you want me to do? The audience needs me. Whatever, Rick. I'll see you around.
19: She never called again, did you? Did she?
5: Well, no, but she was a total slut anyway.
8: Yeah, she was. Really? Uh Uh-huh. She banged like half the A.V. Club that summer. The A.V. Club, Rick. God damn it. Oh, poor Rick. It's okay. I'm sure sitting alone in a room, listening to Holy Diver for the millionth time, was just as satisfying.
5: Fine. Can we go now? As you wish. Oh, what what the hell? Was I... Uh, okay, I, I better get back to the studio.
6: There you are. We're back in 30. What's with you today? You're acting all cracked out. Didn't you get your viso? More of everything good?
5: Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've had my choice of six fine flavors, all of which are completely natural and chock full of vitamins and minerals. It's just that something weird is happening.
6: Weird as in we have to talk about it or weird as if I can finish eating my Easy Mac?
5: What? What? No no no, 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 weird is in, you know, I'm, I'm hearing things and seeing things. Such as? Okay, like, I heard Jolie's voice, and then she appeared in the bathroom, and then she teleported us through time, and then we were in the past, in high school, and she was with the, you know, in the, uh, in the time travel, and the... Uh, <clears throat> never mind. Mm-hmm.
6: Still seeing that shrink? Sometimes. See her more. We're back in 10.
2: Twenty-five minutes later, Rick continues his broadcasts, although he is still shaken.
5: All right, we'll uh, be back with the top five songs that are all Father Christmas by the Kinks. All right, uh, stay right there. Uh, We're gonna be the the, the back after this. Uh, Rick, you you seem distressed. No, I just uh I just need more coffee. All right, all right, Emerson, keep it together. You're not going crazy. Let's just get through this, and uh, we're going to go home and uh, eat some corn chips or something. The Booby Doctor is in. Oh, my God! I thought you'd be taller. Greetings and salutations. I am the ghost of Christmas Present, and I am here to tell you that life is like a game of team player in Halo 3. You've only got a limited amount of time, and you've got to make the most of it. And if you don't treat your team with respect and consideration, they won't be there when you need them. Also, cheat codes are gay. Come on, I want to show you something. <laughs>
12: oh,
5: where are we? Look through that window. It's Sarah Dillon's dog Muppet. Sarah just doesn't have the time to spend with the poor little guy anymore. Without her around, he's had to resort to diet of safety pins and grief. <laughs> All because of you and the inhumane hours you impose on your crew. Look, I'm the only live and local program on the air, and people need that, especially during the the holidays when everything else is canned. Don't you see? It's a public service. People need me. Muppet's a dog. It's not like he's a baby or something. Muppet is her baby, you ass clown. But if that's not enough to convince you, let me show you something else. (laughs) Wait a minute. I know this restaurant. You should also recognize the lovely lady at the bar. Hey. Hey, that's my wife. Yes. Alone on Christmas Eve, drinking wine at the bar by herself. Hello. Well, look, she understands. I mean, she knows how much my work means to me and stuff. Whatever, noob. Wait a minute. Who's that guy sitting down next to her? I don't know. Let's listen and see.
14: Hello there, pretty lady. Can I buy you another glass of wine?
8: Oh, oh, I'm married.
14: Married, huh? What kind of man leaves a fine-looking woman like you alone on Christmas
12: Eve? Well, he's working. His his job is very important. He's on the radio.
14: Sounds like a real jerk to me.
12: No, he's, he's just busy.
14: I bet he doesn't even remember your birthday.
19: Now that you mention it.
14: Uh, You know, I used to be stressed out about my wife. But then I learned to broaden my mind a little bit. I'm talking about Lamore, as in to swing.
12: You, you know, I think I'll pass, uh, but I know a Vietnamese phone screener you might like to check out.
14: All right, fine. Have it your way. But radio will never keep you warm at
19: night. you <laughs> totally got burned. You should die in a fire.
5: Okay, but my holiday shows make people happy. The eight people actually listening to your show might be happy, but Sarah and Tim and your wife most certainly are not. So think about that, and... Tell Sarah she's as hot as balls. The booby doctor is out. Okay, then what the hell is going on? Jolie, the booby doctor? I feel more confused than Steven Seagal during a radio interview. With, uh, <clears throat> Holy crap! Did I just do a family guy-style cutaway joke? What is wrong with me? Uh, hello, Rick. Have you prepared that penis watch for me? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm having kind of a weird day. Weird? Isn't we have to talk about it, or weird is. As... Well, you're getting that penis watch. What? What? Have you seen anything odd today? Hmm, as a matter of fact, I saw an FMDJ in the hallway and he appeared to be sober? That is odd. Is that what you're talking about? No, never mind. I'm gonna go get some water
7: are you really doing a
3: christmas
5: carol parody that's
3: fresh i've seen episodes of Caveman that are funnier
5: peter carlin is that you why can't i see you why does it sound like you're on the phone
3: way they introduce me by saying my name followed by awkward expository narrative a very ham-fisted of you did you learn that in screenwriter school uh, huh did i ever tell you about that time i was hanging out with the beach boys and paul mccartney
5: what do the Beach Boys have to do with this? Nothing.
3: I just like to reminisce about how awesome I am. <laughs> like I'm going to be your ghost of Christmas future? Whatever. I wrote for People Magazine. Uh,
5: okay. Um, so, uh, what? So, uh, uh, I don't even get a ghost of Christmas future? Great. Thanks. Thanks so much.
2: Hello, Rick. Uh. uh hello. Hello, 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 Lisa.
17: Listen, I I don't have much time. Jason and I are going caroling, and after that we're stringing the tree with cranberries, popcorn, and three different kinds of garland. Then the horse-drawn sled, and finally hot toddies by the fire while reading aloud from a leather-bound $21 million copy of the Magna Carta. Um... OK, Rick, this is about your future, about the danger of spending too much time at work and not enough time with your family and friends. I'd make some astute historical analogy, but I think it will be easier for you to understand. If I say it's like that episode of Small Wonder, when the dad spends all day fixing Vicki, the robot, instead of preparing for Jamie's birthday.
5: No, 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 no but, but Lisa dad. in that episode, the neighbor, Harriet. That's
17: what I'm talking about. You're not listening to the people around you. You don't know the effect you're having on your co-workers. Come with me. I'm going to show you what happens if you don't change your ways.
1: I'm Timmy Ryan, and this is four hours of your life you'll never get back. Britney Spears recently said she'll do anything to get her kids back. And by anything, she means cocaine heroin, vodka, and any other myriad drug she can
4: get her scabby hands on because she's irresponsible and does drugs and can't stop doing drugs and being irresponsible. And that's what she means by doing anything. Get
6: it? Exactly, Timmy Ryan. It's funny because I'm rested. Rested because I got some time off. I got to hang out with Muppet and see my family. Man, I am just so rested. Thanks for the vacation, Timmy Ryan. That was very thoughtful.
5: Never has my news been more accurate, my weather warnings more timely, and my life in the suburbs more serene. Oh, thanks to- you, Timmy Ryan. Best boss ever. I love you, Timmy Ryan. What is Timmy Ryan doing in my studio? Why are Tim and Sarah not on my show?
17: Show? You have no show. You were so wrapped up in yourself, you lost everything that mattered. Tim and Sarah left you, your wife left you, and now... What? What? You're one of those people.
5: What's Whose
17: people? What people? Street people, Rick. Gutter punks peddling their shoddy wares on the street corner for a few meager coins. Shoddy wares? And see for yourself.
14: Uh, Batman is better than Superman. Uh, Charlotte Ray was Mrs. Garrett.
5: Gobots came before Transformers. Excuse me, ma'am. You want to hear me talk about Molly Crew? I can name all 29 Kiss albums in chronological order. Please? Uh, uh, hello, you, you sir? Spare some change?
0: I know stuff. <laughs> well, well. Seems the glove is on the other foot
5: now, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, aren't Alexakis? Hey, uh, 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 I'll make three pop culture references for a quarter. Huh.
0: I'll we'll give you a dime.
5: Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, Alright, uh, uh, Deborah Winger was the voice of E.T., uh, Alice Cooper's dad is a Mormon minister, uh, hey, who remembers the (laughs) Noid? Ten cents, please.
14: What? Oh, oh, yeah, alright. Here's the money that I owe you.
0: Wait. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Art (laughs) Alexakis. Oh, yeah.
17: (laughs) Well, Rick, what do you think of the future? My God, what a fool I've been. You were right, Lisa. Of course I'm right, Rick. I was a mathlete.
5: Take me back. Maybe it's not too late.
2: Rick once again finds himself in the halls of the radio station. Now nearly empty, as most of the employees have gone home to be with their loved ones.
5: I'm back. I I made it. i got to get to the studio right now. Merry Christmas, cubicles! Merry Christmas, vending machine! Merry Christmas, you broken-down old deserted FM station running automated voice tracking from Tulsa! Sarah! Tim! What time is it? It's 2.58. I didn't miss it. There's still time. Sarah, there's still
6: time. Yes, there's two minutes. Then I get to leave and come back tomorrow.
5: Hooray. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't you understand? Don't you see? We always talk about having the best audience ever and that means that you know the audience understands that we have families and friends and that sometimes we just need a break and they know it means that when we do take time off we'll come back rested and happy and full of exciting stories about our grandma who gums all her food or that uncle who always tries to kiss me and we love the audience but more importantly the audience knows we love them and they know that we'll be back uh Unless we get fired God bless us everyone
2: This has been a Rick Emerson show Production of Ebenezer I barely knew her Directed by Joni DeRoshi Written by Todd Warkoven, Joni DeRoshi and Rick Emerson Starring Rick Emerson Sarah X. Dillon Tim Riley Big Jim from The Marconi Show Jolie from Accounts Payable Sarah Wagner Court from Rock 101 KUFO Aaron Duran The Lovely Lara Peter Carlin Lisa Desjardins Timmy Ryan Fat Boy Roberts and the I Barely Knew a Voice. Musical effects by Dave Lee. Sound effects by Jeris Minsky. Production assistant Richie Bristol. This is Patrick Rochelle from everyone at CBS Radio to everyone out there. Merry Christmas and the happiest of holidays. <laughs> Like the, the treetops glisten And the listen to the
5: Hi, hello. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We now enter the status part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the show. Uh, coming up at uh, 3, Tom Alikas. What is today, Monday? It's I it. can't even tell anymore. Did we even talk about what we did this weekend? No, we didn't say... What did you do this weekend, Sarah Dylan?
6: Oh, well, Rick Emerson, uh, my sister came to visit. I actually went and picked her up from the airport the day before the big storm hit, so that was awesome. picked her up at like 12.30... Or like it got back to mass like one o'clock in the morning where was uh, Friday night comes, Saturday morning. Yes, or we consumed that entire bottle of uh, Sky vodka. Good for you. There's only a pint though, only. Yeah, my sister hadn't eaten anything all day, so between that we we drank that bottle of vodka, then went out and took her to a couple of my favorite places on Hawthorne, who you know pour very stiff drinks. Yes. So then I ended with my sister throwing up <laughs> <laughs> after we had just had Zack Shack, and it, it's like she <laughs> threw up this hot dog. But it was like full pieces of hot dog, like because she just inhaled it, so you could see like the bread, because she hadn't really chewed it, the bread, and then a bit of hot dog, and then like four tomatoes came out, like still incomplete. Like,
5: she's like some sort of, she's like a bile duct slot machine.
6: It was kind of hilarious.
5: Wow, can I tell you, I really, honestly had no idea the story was going to end that way. If you'd ask me to list all okay. the possible outcomes, that and would. And
6: let me just say, I'm not going to name my friend, but somebody else was over there as well. And let me just say that my sister was busy throwing up my bathroom, and then all of a sudden I hear my friend go, Oh, God, I'm going for the sink. (laughs) So my other friend starts throwing up in my sink in my kitchen. So I'm running between the two of them like with my sister. I'm just like, Oh, okay, that's a big tomato. And then I have to run into the kitchen and be like, Are you all right?
5: It was a magical night.
6: It was. It was oh so
5: beautiful. Here is Christmas. Well, okay then. Uh, but she's gone though, right? Or she? Oh, she's in Bremerton. That's why you're going yeah, so to Bremerton. my parents
6: came to pick her up yesterday and drove her back to Bremerton. So. See, that's
5: insane. I can't believe that you Did your parents in one day drive from Bremerton to here, they grabbed Heather and went back to Bremerton? Yes,
6: and so did the comedian. He drove, uh, yes, on Saturday and on Sunday to Seattle and back, and then yesterday to Seattle and back.
5: That just doesn't... I, it's like your parents are taking her back to Witch Mountain or something. I just... Whatever. i It's just a little strange. No, it seems No, it, like...
6: it was totally strange. I think it's, my mom's just obsessed with seeing her because she hasn't seen her in six months. Oh,
5: right. Okay. So it's, you're coming back to the bosom of the family, by yes. force. Mm-hmm. All right. So And you are leaving tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow I know I morning.
6: I'm going to I'm gonna try and put on my chains this afternoon so I can be all ready for tomorrow and then take off as early as I can.
5: Uh, Richie Bristol. Uh, Richie, and we'll welcome Kristen Bowie. Let me read a couple emails here. This one says, Rick, my head is throbbing and I smell like someone else. I'm so hungover. I don't know who or why. Karaoke night is always a killer. That's, that guy's not even here. He's in Orange County. Uh, how about this one? Rick, I am writing this email from your lovely hometown of Kennewick, Washington. We left Saturday morning, and what is usually a three-hour car trip took us seven and a half hours through some of the worst weather I've ever seen. I had to put on chains before Multnomah Falls during a 40-mile-per-hour wind and a virtual whiteout. Then our new chains immediately broke, and we had to listen to a deafening thwack, thwack, thwack of the chain hitting the outside of our car for four hours all to end up in kennewick i just downloaded the podcast of the first hour of today's show and as i was standing in my in-laws driveway which is covered with huge drifts of snow the first thing out of your mouth was welcome to the worst day you've ever had it all rang so true uh but just know that at least today will be infinitely better knowing that i'll be able to listen to the show thanks for being a game day player all of you and merry christmas uh pia and this is my from friend todd p.s which is worse utah or kennewick either way both of our lives suck for the next week there you go. That's commiseration, which is what we bring to the table here. Have uh, we got like 90 seconds here? Something like that? Yep. Uh, so let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. We'll go and, uh, Christine, you slide that microphone, that middle mic, which we try not to use because it's got kind of a buzz going on. it. Uh Richie Bristol, Adam Thompson, and Kristen Bowie, all of whom are here today because they have their noses to the grindstone, ears to the ground, shoulders to the wheel and they're part of the solution here at the CBS Radio Portland the final solution <laughs> that's you see now you can make that joke but Happy no holiday dance so <laughs> by the way and I want to read this too Susan Reynolds says it should be noted I am working uh, from the CBS Radio office in Bethany today not sure if you're aware that the branch existed but it does and I'm here holding it down and since multitasking is my thing I'm also baking like a fiend four loaves of zucchini bread completed and just popped a loaf of banana chocolate chip into the oven oh, this is awesome. the Bethany branch really rocks full of these Susan Reynolds. So, and I think Chris Paddock and uh, many other folks kind of uh, working uh, remotely. And Kristen Bowie,
6: thank you for coming so I can go home. No, no problem. (laughs) It took me almost two hours to get here today. From where? Uh, 27th off of Powell.
5: Are you kidding me? No,
6: no,
19: I waited an hour for the bus.
5: Oh, I was in, about, yeah. Because I almost drove today, and then <laughs> my wife and I kind of argued about whether I could drive from around that same area, and then I ended up taking the bus, which was, see, I, now I feel really lucky, because, man, I went to the bus stop, and like 10 seconds later, it was there. Wow.
19: Yeah, you
6: were really lucky. Like, you, there was one that was driving off just as I was at the street corner, and of course I can't run. I don't have full use of both of my feet, just one of well, them. Well, also,
5: really, it's so. snow and ice. Yeah,
6: and... of course. So. Wow.
5: All right. Why do you leave, Kristen? I don't understand why anybody... Why would you leave when Adam's here all the time? <laughs> why? Well, I... You see, I'm the smart. You I think I Am I waiting for buses?
19: I'm waiting for I, I, I need a break from here. So
5: am I putting on though. chains? I don't even know what a chain is. So, Richie Bristol, Adam Thompson, <laughs> Kristen Bowie, uh, game day players also. Thank you guys for coming in. Uh, we'll be more or less uh, taped out tomorrow with best ofs and so forth. So, travel safe, Sarah Dillon. Uh, thanks. And uh, thanks to everybody who came in today, CBS Radio Portland, and wherever. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970, the talker in the newsroom. Today, Dave Schmidtke on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland, marketing gurus. Susan, don't have with me, Reynolds. Everybody, uh, all kidding aside, drive safe. Be careful, and we'll see you all on the other side. Thanks for listening. Let's have a saddle. Bye now.